11 o'clock comics episode 233 <laughs> see i'm trying to rush it in there yeah it's cute i like that where one of you can you're too nervous now you're on edge yeah yeah a little bit Bet. Holy mackerel. Yeah. We is back. Yeah. Together. You guys you guys decided to uh, try and go through some marriage counseling. We worked it out. Yeah. 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 It's all right. Well, you know you know the best part about breaking up. Spending hey, spend money. Yeah. What? Spending oh. money. Good dinner? Dinner, yeah. That's what I that's what I spend money on dinner. Exactly. A fine feast. Oh, by the way, Julian says that um, it's your yeah. are all back and we are going to girls. No. That's a joke. It's okay, you will be a fine guy. That's all I think all of We have a I could you not? Oh my god, no, no. Chris, did he push the one piece on you? Of course, he, he was wearing a fucking straw hat the whole oh, time. Oh, he week. had the straw hat on, I love that yeah, hat. Like that said, hat is not friggin' cheap either. He paid like know, 60 bucks for that. Like I no, said on Twitter today, that uh, that no matter what Chris does tonight when he regales us of his stories of Vegas, it will not compare to Julian's half-hour podcast talking about MorrisonCon, which I likened on Twitter today to like a uh, – it was like a Jack Kerouac for the new millennium with a little bit of hood thrown in. It was <laughs> awesome. Like Julian was – That's high praise. It, he was breaking it down though. Like he was like, yeah, I'm in this hotel room, got them fresh sheets. <laughs> nice, got the nice pillows. Got the got the pool right here. Got refrigerator up in this piece. Yes, yeah, um, yes, I could see the comparison to Kerouac. Clean. No, no, no. Here's why it's Kerouac, though. Okay. Ker- Ker- Kerouac's whole thing was meticulous detail about the mundane. True. And the okay. pleasure he took in it, and that was what Julian was taking such pleasure in all the tiniest little details of his experience in Vegas, and it just reminded me of Kerouac a lot. So. Yeah. Straw Hat Pirates forever. He had a real good time. He had a, it was every time I saw him, man. He just had he was ear to ear grin. Ah, that's all I, I need to hear. You're done. I had a I I had a big <laughs> smile on my face when I I woke up Monday morning. It's like four thirty or so, and I and I'm flipping through my feeds, and I see on Facebook that that Ron posted that uh, as he's as he's leaving Hard Rock, he sees. People in the tattoo parlor getting their Frank Wiley <laughs> drawings tattooed on them, and he goes, "And I'm just like mission accomplished." Is yep, <laughs> that's awesome. That is, yeah. What's what's what? Get get us introduced so I can I can tell you about uh, the greatest experience that you guys uh, missed. See, you're <laughs> chomping at the bit, so I'm just going to do it nice and slow here. Yes. I like the intro, yeah, yeah. like the beginning. Listen, let's establish for the listeners because they were very upset last week with how short our episode was. It's going to be a long one. Is, is it? it? Yeah. yeah. I had to pack. I was going to Vegas. 
We had to get that. No, there's lots roll. of stuff to talk about, dude. Yeah, there's, yeah. we got too much to talk about. It's going to happen. My, uh, my okay, cool. My son just exited and uh, entered and exited. Oh well. Uh, EOC two thirty three. How about that shorthand? I am Vince B. I'm rapping in the house. Yes, you are. And, and okay. Just just back from the fifth dimension. I'm I'm Christopher Neesman. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy, and and Vince. Hi. I'm David Price. Yes, you are, and I should be at a debate right now because I'm Walter Mondale. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, you're not. What's up, no. What's up Fritz? Oh, I'd rather heard Michael Dukak is what I heard. Dukak is. No. <laughs> Michael Dukak. You are Jason Wood in the house, everybody, and this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. The new list is not up, so I'm just going to give you the old standby. That, by the way. Ah, you can get super deep discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles at dcbservice.com. 35 to 75, I said that right, 75% off your favorite stuff delivered right to your door by a costume custodian of, by this point, probably FedEx, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we're making that transition over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, FedEx, you don't have to leave your house. You get super deep discounts. And if you're a first-time customer, you can enter this code, this code you're about to hear, into the slot and get an extra additional, eight. that extra additional is not redundant because it's special, an extra 8% off your order. David, what it is? It, it is EOC8. EOC8. Get it? Put that in the slot. You get an extra 8%, which brings you like... Up to like ninety two point seven percent off. It's amazing uh, for your first order. Then it goes back down to normal stuff. But it's still good. DCBService.com. Do it. Check them out. All right. Yeah, we love yeah. them. We love them so much. Um, Mr. Vince, what are you um, enjoying this evening? I am drinking the banquet beer again because I still oh, have. Course. I still have some. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the extra gold. Yes, it's it's from Anheuser Busch. Oh. Is it? Oh, yes. well, mm-hmm. yeah. Like you said, banquet beer. Okay. Yeah. There you go. No, it's not Anheuser Busch. It's Coors. You're oh, right. Oh, okay. Golden oh, Colorado. Okay, so it's the Golden Can. Yes, it's the Golden Can. Oh, okay. That's that's the banquet beer. What Coors. do you Which... want? I'm recording. Get get go. He wants away. a beer. Go away. I can't uh-huh. do it now. I'm recording. You you'll be sleeping later. Get the hell out of here. Go. Hilarious. That is totally staying in. Bye. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my David, God. how about you? Because uh, Vince is back, I decided to break out some wine. I am drinking some Gnarly Head Merlot. Ooh. Yeah, nice. Wow, that's going to go well with the uh, Black Kiss talk later. <laughs> I didn't read it yet. It's all right. It's full of Gnarly get... Head. <sighs> and Jason, We'll have time. You? Well, since I love David so much, I am also drinking Merlot. I'm drinking a uh, a bottle that was brought to our house uh, the other day. Uh, it's Hart and McGarry Merlot. I've never had it before, but it's a Napa Merlot. Mm-hmm. It's half decent. It's like uh, somewhere between awesome and paint thinner. Oh, wow, that's wow. that's okay. a pretty big spread. Yeah, yeah it's somewhere yeah. it's in between there. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, is that a, so? Is that a thumbs up or? Uh... Yeah, be determined. Yeah, let's, right. let's see how the night ends. Yeah, exactly. It's, it sounds like sounds like you might need that with a like a hearty uh, piece of steak or something. Mm, mayhap. Yeah, steak. Yeah, he didn't know hamburger. 
Yeah, uh, that's right. He doesn't eat steak. Um, okay. Well, I am uh, and still getting through my uh, new Glarus spotted cow. So, is uh, I'm I'm being I'm being very Vince like, and then I'm kind of drinking the same thing every week here for uh, uh, for mm-hmm. the last couple. So yes, I'm still still enjoying the the heck out of my new Glarus, which brings me before I forget one of my first thank yous from Morrison Con was to Emperor Zerg who I don't know how he does it, but every con that he uh, ends up at that, that we're at, he brings me beer from Wisconsin and it brought me an awesome IPA all the way. It was a, it was a, a small batch Wisconsin beer that he flew out to Las Vegas for me. Wow. How awesome is that? That was pretty awesome. Now you're going to go into your, your, your Morrison cons thing and you're going to like chew up time. So I got to thank you before we get into it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. I got to thank my brother from another mother, Mr. Gordon Adams. We call him mm. Gordo. Gordy. Sorry, about, sorry about your pirates, Gordo. What? Oh, the baseball thing. But anyway, mm. he sent me a care package in the mail. And you know what I got? I got an 8x10 glossy from a little movie called Gappa. Anybody see it? Nope. Actually, it's nope. Monster from a Prehistoric Planet. He sent me issues 8, 9, 12, and the 1994 yearbook from uh, Scary Monsters Magazine, one of my favorite magazines of all time, right? Uh, full of uh, horror hosts. Anybody familiar with horror hosts? Like, uh, remember Dr. Shock and Little Bubbles from Philadelphia? Uh, like Sven Gulli? Yes. Zachary? Come on. You got to you know, know, you know Sven Gulli? Yes, you you got you got to know Zachary. Well, there's that flexi disc bound in issue number twelve, a Zachary flexi disc that that Gordo gave me. Um, who else? Doctor uh, Paul Bearer's in here. Uh, Son of Ghoul. There's movies like Frankenstein meets the Space Monster, uh, Day of the Triffids. Yay! Nice. Come on, Octoman Horror. I saw that in a drive-in. It's an awesome know. movie. Uh, Horror Express. Um, there's articles on Aurora monster, uh, rod models. Remember Frankenstein's flivver? Uh, there's an article in here about 25 years of Vampirella collectibles right in the heart. He hit me right there. And if, you know, if that wasn't enough, he sent me an issue from 1957 of true magazine. Holy crap. There is a photo spread of the sultry and semi naked Julie Newmar. Wow. Yes. I mean, there, she leaves nothing to the imagination. Well, something. She's not showing Gap in it because it's 1957. But no, Camelton? You, no, no, no. But you, you get a pretty good idea of what she got working on. She was a, she had a wasp waist. Her waist was like yeah. so small. She was uh, fine. Yes. She was very Wait. fine. The best Catwoman, right? Julie Newman. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, maybe. No. Don't say Eartha Kitt. Kitt, dude. No. no. I don't, I gotta, yeah, you got to give it up. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer guy. No. Oh, no, no, no. She's damaged. That's a damaged cat woman. We don't I like that. I can have my own fucking opinion. You can, but Michelle Pfeiffer? What? She was awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and on the envelope, he drew the smog monster for me. He drew nice. it. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. So I have to give a big hug to my brother, uh, Gordo. He knows exactly what I like. And he, awesome. And he, and he gives it up. Well, so I got we to go. uh, I gotta send some congratulations out. So 
the the end of the long and highly highly disappointing baseball season uh, is upon us. And uh, as many remember, we had three eleven o'clock uh, fantasy baseball leagues this year. Three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, the winners have been determined. So I want to give shout outs uh, first to uh, our man Jeff. He is the winner of the NL only league from West crushed- Virginia. Uh, no. Least- no, no, um, no. Okay. I don't- I don't know which Jeff this is. But he won, so it's all that matters, really. Yeah, yeah. The Jeff, guy who knows his NL baseball, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, he, he walloped the competition by like 20 points. Um, in the AL only league, the champion was Mr. Greg 1CA, our buddy from Canada. Yes. Wow. Who, uh, who actually um, came in second in the regular league. To the champion, which was a hotly contested battle, none other than Mr. Farrell himself. Holy so, mackerel! Yes, sir. So Farrell's quite the fantasy player, actually. He always represents yeah. both baseball and uh, and football. So congrats to all three of those guys, and I will be in touch for their prizes. But uh, uh, I got good one thing to say. I got one mm-hmm. thing to say. Mm-hmm. Troy Tulowitzki can suck my left nut. <laughs> he ruined oh. me this year in. Every single league I was in, well, I, I got, was I got your back because uh, you know I'm in that long-standing home run pool I do with all my college buddies, yep. and uh, and he killed me on that too because we don't have just there's no free agency, so he killed me. Yeah, just wrecked me this year. Mm-hmm. So this guy was good and did shit, and yeah, he and, was and because of stop and he got hurt and he never okay, he never gotcha. Back. Yeah, so see, I'm trying yeah. to understand. Yeah, good, very good, Vince. I'm trying. How do you? You're growing <laughs> as we speak. Ooh. <laughs> Let's get into uh, it. I want to hear about it when you're done. Okay, so lead off. People were asking me on Saturday what I was going to say on the show to you guys because they knew that all three of you were unable to, to go to the show. Right. And and I said, it's going to be so fun because I'm going to rub their noses in it and I'm going to lie about all sorts of things and really build it up and make it sound really awesome. By Sunday, when people, the same people were asking me, I was like, I'm not going to have to lie about anything. <laughs> there it, it is. I mean, I can, I can definitely fall onto the, the side of the fence of, of hyperbole and really building no. up. Really? <laughs> it, it happens. It's easy. It, it's been known to happen, so I'm, I'm honestly, it's going to be really hard for me to rein it in. But a couple, you know, just in the retrospect, um, a couple things. That, I mean, we've all been to a lot of conventions, and a couple things that I'm kind of feeling right now that is different than any other convention I've gone to is um, after leaving the con. For me, I never like the the con depression never set in you know how you can be on like that high for so long and then you know whenever you pack up and go home there's like that couple days of kind of like being down in the dumps after after you go to a con what i'm talking about yep um i'm still on kind of a a a high about it i'm still kind of you know on, on a cloud about the convention so con depression and we're all you know we're about four days after it hasn't hasn't set in yet which is weird and usually whenever I go to a convention, I by by the end of it, 
I don't want to see a fucking comic book for at least a week. I mean, once you're just you're you're swimming in them, I'm just like, okay, I need to I need to cleanse the palate. I need to I need to get away from them for a week and then come back and and I can I can enjoy them. I I left that convention wanting to do nothing but jump in and read comics. It awesome. was now, so inspirational. Now it, I love that because where you're saying you just wanted to just because I think we've all well I know I have and I know Chris has where where we've kind of been like I need to take a break or things just aren't lighting my fire. But I, I it's it's great how Chris is saying how he wants to come home and he, he just wants to read and rip into the comics he has, but I look at what people tweet and post on our own forum and the people who it it affected they want to create because that that's just what they love and and how how Morrison Khan has just lit a fire in everybody who was there in some way shape or form some people it's creating and with 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 Chris it's getting back to reading and I love hearing that there were a lot of a lot of aspiring creators there and uh, there were a lot of creators there Alex Grecian oh. who um, wrote uh, proof. Um, mm-hmm. was it was there with Jai Nitz. Uh, Alex and Jai were there as attendees, which was which was cool to mm-hmm. just you know, be walking around. Oh, hey, Jai! Yeah, you know, and and they weren't the only ones. Uh, there were there were a lot of creators that had come in as attendees just to be there and hang out and soak it in. And um, you know, it's this is going to be a really hard show to kind of describe and articulate because it was so different from any other show. And I had seen a lot of criticisms on the internet beforehand of, you know, how can you charge, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars to go to a show? And, you know, why, you know, how can you, how can you justify doing that? And, you know, kind of getting back to, you know, our con experiences, you know, we've gone to a lot of cons. We've been very lucky that, that through the podcast we've gotten to know creators and and uh, other amazing people in and, and around comics and so whenever we go to a convention our experience i think is is a lot different than you know kind of the average convention experience of you know going to the the window the day of the show and picking up your ticket and then just kind of being thrown into you know like the throng of 20,000 people on a show floor you know we've we've been lucky enough to be able to hang out with creators and 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 be a part of you know a smaller a smaller circle you know inside of a bigger hole what they did at Morrison Con was capture that experience as much as humanly possible, you know, it was it was a little over five hundred people that were there, and it's like they had taken a, a forty thousand attendee convention and taken out all of the buffer and all of the stuff that you don't. They took all of the movie stuff and all of the Hollywood stuff and all of the you know toys and games, and they boiled it down not just to comics, but they even took out you know all of the the press of comics. And just boiled it down to the general love of comics and the process of making them. Um, you know, it was basically you know panel after panel after panel. But why that could sound boring to the, a lot of people, the panels were awesome because they weren't about what they they weren't DC Nation or Cup of Joe panels. They weren't they weren't probably 
some stuff that's going to be coming out. It was, you know, it was Jason Aaron and Jonathan Hickman and, you know, Morrison and Kirkman sitting down talking about writing. It was, I was, I was lucky enough and it freaked me out and we talk about it a little bit later, but I got to moderate the artist panel. So I was on stage with Frank Quietly, Jim Lee, J.H. Williams, Derek Robertson, and Chris Burnham. And we just got to, for a little over an hour, talk about the inspirations for them uh, as artists, from you know other artists to film to music to, to whatever. And I talk about their process, talk about um, artists that that they've influenced and and how they how they got into the industry and it was it was amazing and, and what was what was cool about that panel is that while we were talking about their process we were taking sketchbooks out of the audience and there was a big screen projector and so one guy would would take a sketchbook and for about ten minutes would would knock out this amazing sketch in the program books which were hardcover so cool. hardcover program books with sketch pages in them that is and awesome. and so it was it was and the last one was awesome because it was Jim Lee who by the way is awesome it was <laughs> just i i i get this i get this text from Ron at like 10 o'clock that morning it's like Jim would like to meet with you about 11.15 to go over what you guys are going to do on the panel because it was Jim Lee that kind of you know threw the threw the panel together and I'm like <laughs> it, it gets really tight and no but uh, nah, he was he was awesome he was so awesome um, did you play poker with him I did not yeah. play poker <sighs> oh, I cannot afford to play poker Crystal has his shirt yeah but Jim Lee was running late for a signing, and so he was the last one to do a sketch. And so he jumps up there, and Julian Lytle will tell you about this. He knocked out a Joker sketch in about three minutes that would just make you plots in your pants. It was so good. It, nice. it, was, it was amazing to watch him knock out. So what did you guys out. talk about in this panel? What was the gist of it? Um... It, it was really kind of just what I said. It was. It started out with with inspiration, um, and then you know, Derek Robertson, uh, which God, I hope I mentioned Derek because he was he he kind of he kind of took over a lot of the panel at, at one point and was just kind of geeking out talking to to all of these guys because you know a lot of these artists lead you know, relatively you know solitary lives. They're in their studios almost all the time, and you know that was one of the cool things as we had the the projector up. And we're watching them sketch. It's it's always awesome to me to watch artists watch other artists work, because that you you can they see things that we don't in what they're doing. You know, Vince, you would when when you watch an artist draw, you you are usually seeing different things than than I would see, um, and so that was cool. But yeah, we got into a. Uh, we got into process as far as you know script to 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 pencils, um, you know talking to to J H Williams, you know who's worked with Alan Moore before, and talk about you know working with someone whose scripts are incredibly tight, and he went through the whole thing about you know how Alan would would send him these incredibly detailed scripts for Promethea, and I asked him, it's like I mean, would he say what like, how the cards would be laid out on the double page spreads, you know the tarot cards? Go, oh, absolutely, but at the end of of each page, he would also say, 
feel free to to do what you want there which was which was cool hmm. um and then and then jim lee and and i think derek um and and i think burnham has even done it. we talked about marvel style a little bit and asking them you know which one they prefer to do you know off off tight scripts or or marvel style so i mean it was it was over an hour and it was a really you know wide ranging conversation that that went you know it was very very much like water it was just a very you know just follow the conversation where it's going to go kind of kind of thing let me ask you a question before you you get any further i could place from the photographs i could place most of the people who was the sure. dude with the with the long blonde hair? Oh, that he is a rapper. He is a he's a British rapper named Akira the Dawn. Okay, so yeah. he wasn't he wasn't like a, an artist, a writer artist. He was he, he was the surprise favorite guests of of the convention. It was it was amazing. Here, hold hold on one here hold on one second. Okay. Where is he going? Help me to get the music. This is oh, highly no. unorthodox. Very unorthodox. Oh, sorry, it was it was it was Marta. She was she was poking in, so I didn't oh, check. okay. See what she means. Um, but no, Akira the Don is a a British rapper, and I I was I actually talked to him a lot over the weekend. He's he's a crazy awesome guy and i think that grant is just a big fan of his work and vice versa oh. and so he was there to handle like most of the djing for the after parties mm -hmm. and there was a big um uh, comics and music panel that uh was had gerard way and akira and grant i think jh williams who's doing um album art for for a band right now um so yeah he was he was he was awesome, and I and I think a lot of people came to that convention having no idea who he was. After the after parties, and after him just kind of being this just amazing personality, walking around all of the time and getting to know, he probably introduced himself or talked to every person at the con. Nice. Yeah. He was he was awesome, but yeah, he's uh, yeah. Uh, look him up on Spotify. It's uh, Akira the Dawn. But you know that was the that was the other awesome thing about the about the show is that you know you had the the ten you know the, the the ten creators, and there was a lounge across the hall from from the the main stage, and that was it was just set up with you know big round banquet tables and and chairs. And then there was uh, a signing area uh, attached to that, and then an art gallery uh, off of that, and then a, a small uh, movie screening room that had like a bunch of Grant and some of the other uh, guest favorite movies that were just like constantly running. So if you wanted to go Ooh, in like there, and check, uh, whenever I was in there getting a glass of water, Twelve Monkeys was on. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, but the big lounge area, which had a couple bars in it. Uh, it's like Burnham would just be in there, and he'd sit down, and a couple people would walk up and say, "Hey, you know, would you would you mind signing my signing my uh, my program?" And he'd say, "Yeah, you want to sketch?" And he'd start sketching, Jesus. and then all of a sudden, there would start to be more people that would that would gather there, and they'd start lining up, and 
you know, of all all of the cre- creators were awesome, but the major major props to Burnham and Derek Robertson, who on Saturday I know of at least two occasions where they set up for at one point two hours and at another point almost three hours and just sat at these tables and did sketches nonstop. That's awesome. It, That's so it, cool. That's so cool. Um, Jim, have you ever gone to a convention where Jim Lee sat down at a table and just did sketches? <laughs> No, and that's what's great about this. There right? is it was sort of like an uncon because it was just so intimate. Was. There was yeah, that's awesome. And you know, God, yeah, Williams is is such a nice guy, and and his wife is amazing. And seeing they had they had unpublished artwork from Batwoman there that that had just been scanned and sent to DC. Oh God, I was kicking myself quietly. Had pages there for sale for really really reasonable prices. Um, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Kirkman just walking around. You want to talk, you know, talk with him about, you know, Walking Dead or his other Skybound stuff. He was more than happy to just talk to anyone. I mean, they were just wandering around. Jason Aaron, you know, I hung out with Jason on Saturday night, you know, with you know, any other, you know, convention goer just, you know, sitting back, having beers and, and you know, just soaking it all in. So that was just kind of like the, the general overall feel and vibe is that, Everybody was 100% welcome to pretty much walk up to any creator at any time and have a conversation with them. And then what you also saw was other convention goers that didn't know anybody at the beginning or, or each other at the beginning. They, I, I'm not, I'm not overstating this. I think that there were a lot of lifelong friendships that were made this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. a lot. I, I I met so many people that I can't wait to stay in touch with, and, and I'll mention them, you know, as many as I can tonight. But that was the overall vibe, you know. Plus, it was in Vegas at the Hard Rock, so there was all sorts of weirdness going on as well. Um, you know, as far as, like, you know, the events themselves, i got to start with, with the kickoff party, which was, you know, it was – bag check you know check in and 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 get all your badge and and all that sort of about three o'clock on friday but then the actual convention didn't start until nine o'clock that night right at at uh the club that's that's downstairs off of the gaming um area in the hard rock uh i think it was called body english was the yeah, name of body it. english yep mm-hmm. and uh and it basically tons of people kind of crowded into this club and then um Gerard Way and Grant Morrison and one other guy from uh from my chemical romance who I can't I can't recall um came in and Grant did pretty much what, like a half hour spoken word art performance of and How was that? It was it was it was wild. <laughs> it, it was uh it was a spoken word uh uh, art performance of Howard Hughes um, taking on Liberace for the soul of Las Vegas. I mean, it was it was <laughs> you know, it's just there will it will be on. I think it's out on YouTube. I'm sure mm-hmm. there will be nice video of it at some point. There may even be uh, a, a publishing of the of the transcript of it. 
but it was it was wild. I, mean, I took pictures of it. Um, I, I think I posted them in the Morrison Com thread. Yeah, you did, and I was wondering who you got to do those for you because they're really good. Ah. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, the ones with the with the uh, the Akira guy shaking his head with the hair. I mean, you That's they were really man. nice. Nah, you know, he that. he paid somebody for to do this. Not anyone. <laughs> uh, no, so that that was that was quite. And then they finished that, and then it was it was you know party 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 for the rest of the night, and then uh, um. And then got up on Saturday, uh, got down there, and you know I wake up early every day, so because I have dogs, and so yeah, uh, Saturday was just getting up and uh, and getting down to uh, to the panel rooms and and checking that out, and uh, there were fantastic panels, you know, writer panels. It was the now did the creators uh, like at this Body English were they like in a VIP section were they just hanging out? Did know. some of them not come? No, Cool. No, that that was that was the awesome thing about it is that I mean even Grant was very accessible, especially on that first night. Um, no, I mean every one of them. This is a wife slash or a significant other with him. I forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 it's either Kristen or Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and very nice gal. Uh, yeah, I mean it was, it was seriously like, you know Frank quietly just like walking around and 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 very everyone was very accessible. And what was nice about it is that the crowd. And I say crowd loosely. The attendees had this very um, respectful uh, enthusiasm. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I think that people were were very respectful to not overstay um, uh, any any of the time that they had with people um, that that I saw. But were very enthusiastic and and really happy that everyone was very accessible i mean that was that was what was amazing the vibe of the place was so good you know the people were you know to have you know four or five minutes talking to to jason aaron and saying hey man it was so great and you know thanks for thanks for taking some time to talk with me and jason's like well that's why we're here and yeah it was it was really cool and so you know it just you know that was all Saturday, and and you know I told you about Derek and Chris, and I got my I got my Jim Lee sketch. I'm very excited on my jam piece. The jam piece. I saw that man. You got it. <laughs> the jam piece got some gets this weekend. Yeah, it I'm, did. I'm telling you. Um, so that was that was super exciting. Um, to to get I got uh, uh, Jim Lee to do an Adam, totally his choice, which was which was awesome. Um, and then, uh, and then before I left uh, by Sunday, uh, Derek Robertson did a fantastic Booster Gold right next mm-hmm. to my Kevin McGuire Blue Beetle, nice. and uh, um, uh, Frank Quietly did uh, an amazing flash on there. So I got some, I got some, some Damn. super, some you super got the awesome. hookup, son. I, I did get the hookup, but uh, you know, I, I haven't even talked about about you know the main guy that much um and then i'll kind of let you guys ask some questions or, or or whatever um grant morrison was awesome he um was so gracious that i think it, it got um it started to freak ron out at one point because he wanted to grant wanted to spend so much time with every person that um that there just, there just wasn't any way that that they were going to get everyone that had uh, gotten on the list for for signing uh, with him to get through. Mm. Uh, 
he because he, he would have spent 15 minutes with every person and there's just mm-hmm. there's just no way and and so they had to kind of you know start pushing you know people through and kind of re you know reshuffle things for for the second day and and even then he was so gracious to spend time with people and i don't know if he was i i say this now i don't think it, he was ever going to be able to get through everyone that wanted to get books signed or wanted to spend time with him until the end of the show whenever they're they're taking their final bows and there's just this amazing vibe and and the con is over but he wouldn't let it be over and he he walks over off the side of the stage and and starts talking with people and people line up that guy instead of running out of the the main stage area and heading up to his hotel room or you know getting you know limoed out to some other part of Vegas he stood there for at least 2 hours after the end of the show signing books taking pictures talking with people being absolutely gracious and understanding that I mean people had spent a lot of money to come and oh, have sure. that, that, that minor moment of of you know major connection I think is the maybe the best way to put it and and he was so respectful of of the people that that you know hold him obviously in in a lot of you know uh, a, a lot of reverence and it blew me away that that he would would do that and uh yeah it was i i walked away with a big big new respect for 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 Grant Morrison and really all the creators that were there it was guys it was it was an amazing amazing experience that is it fantastic. definitely sounds like it it yeah i mean as i knew I realized I was telling Jason that you know as soon as I realized I I screwed up the dates that um that I I regretted it and and then finding out how much I I really can't even say fun but just the experience people had a- after it and and during it it's just it it really is even if it's the only Morrison Con and next year Ron and James have a different creator and, and i mean it, it thank you and um and i i realized that you know this was the first this was you know when it comes to a creator it, it, game, it, it was woodstock for comic book fans <laughs> I, I i this this will never happen again I think, exactly you know, more, yeah more, I you're right yeah, yeah more, morrison won't do this again he already right. said it was it's a one-time thing and and not that it not that it won't ever be able to be repeated but it was such a ten out of ten that I hate to say it. It was so it was so awesome. There's they can either meet it or go down. I, there's they're they're not going to be able to top this. Mm-hmm. And it, there are just it's I haven't heard, and I mean, granted, that I, I haven't done a lot of digging. I mean, in in my circle of of online friends, my social media friends, I. I haven't seen anybody say anything other than I can't put into words what I experienced this weekend or I just it blew me away. No one has said anything. I you know, I mean, we'll come back from conventions and we'll say, you know, well, it'd be great if if C2E2 didn't have 
so many cosplayers walking down the aisles, or we'll hear about <laughs> you know San Diego Comic Con, or we, I mean we'll we'll talk about horror stories. When you're in line for four hours for Stan Lee, you know, and he didn't even Mark say it. But yeah. it's it's I mean there we we've had good and bad experiences from cons, the same cons over over the course of a weekend, and I whether it was just the right amount of people, whether it was just the creators that felt like because i mean i think i think we've all gone up to creators at conventions you sketching yeah 75 bucks for a head chance. and 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 they're saying that because you know they really don't feel like working that weekend or whatever but i mean we know that there are people who are at cons because the publisher is paying for them to be there that weekend and and they may want to be in a million other places but the creators that were at morrison con from what i can tell wanted to be there were oh, yeah. happy to be there, enjoyed the people who were there with them, and granted that may have been because that included the price of the ticket to get there. It 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 really kind of did separate who really was there for a reason and just who just wanted to go to a con for a weekend. Because you had the Las Vegas Expo down the street practically, so I mean there were yeah. there were other conventions for people to go to if they just wanted to be around comic folk. Well, no, you get you really got to give it up to to Ron and uh, James and whoever else. Kirsten, uh, okay, conceptualize this thing because what they did was they gave you a nice, tasty, thick piece of meat without all the gristle and fat and shit that everybody else just trims right, off. Right, right? Yeah. It, it was concentrated. Yes, comic comic book chaos, and then you say, okay, it, it costed. Uh, there was a premium to pay to get into this co- convention, but mm-hmm. you didn't have the lines probably, and you didn't have the the cosplayers and the bullshit and the 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 crazy ass you know dealers room and stuff. You got w- exactly what you came for. Yeah, served right up to you, and and so it, w- when you average it out, it probably wasn't that expensive an ordeal. Oh no, hey, right. Yeah. I, I I had. A awesome Las Vegas hotel room that it was me by myself, and this this hotel room was easily three times easily three times the size of the New York hotel room. No, no condoms either. At least not when he got there. Right, <laughs> um, but but no, I'm 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 just saying there was a, a little bit of criticism online about the price, and I don't think it was exorbitant at all. I think it was in line with what you got, definitely in line. A couple, a couple, gosh, not a couple years ago, it's several years ago. Um, Sal and I were at a. It may have been one of the last good Wizard World Chicago's, and we'd gotten to hang out with Ed Brubaker and Bendis and Omin and. You know, a bunch of a bunch of those, you know, a bunch of those guys who were, you know, really hot creators at the time, and it was it was kind of one of those happenstance things that just, you know, it just we kind of fell in with the right crowd, at the right time um, at this convention, and you know, we were looking at each other and just can't believe that that we're hanging out with some of the people um, that we were able to hang out with. And Sal looks at me and he's just like, you know. What would you pay for this? What kind of price tag can you put on this kind of experience? And I'm just like, yeah, you know, what kind of price tag can you put on this? And like I said earlier, I mean, they got as close to that as you can. And mm-hmm. it, it's, got better than that. Well, yeah. and the other cool thing is, is again, what you're saying is right. And then 
you take it to the next level, which is that, you know, you or us or Sal or Ron, you know, we, we have the opportunity to, we're fortunate in that we've had the opportunity many times and probably will many times in the future to, to spend a decent chunk of time with creators, right? At these things. So yeah. maybe not as intensely as, as you got at MorrisonCon, but what's cool is that MorrisonCon allowed, like, not to say, I don't like to, you, an average fan, like a fan who's not, like ingratiated in the culture or who isn't mm-hmm. doing a podcast or going to cons on the regular, you know, like that, the people that just generally were fans that would normally be limited to a, a signing, waiting a long line for a signing, you know, th- they got to have that experience without, you know, with, with, without being even like a quasi insider, you know what I mean? Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, which is awesome, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it was, man. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was amazing. I, I, Words are gonna fail me. So well, I'll tell you. Uh, I, 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 I hope Blake really, somebody DVD'd it. I know. Did they, really did they videotape it? They, it? they videotaped every panel. That's every cool. panel was, was yeah, Connor, Connor and Hank, right? Yeah, Connor yeah. and Hank. They they recorded everything, and then there, you know, Pat, uh, our buddy Pat Wojka was, um, as Julian described me as Jimmy Olsen. Pat was right there with me, so you know, I still have probably another two or three hundred photos to go through. Uh, so yeah. Pat took the photos. <laughs> That's no. what it was. <laughs> you can go see Pat's clicker set, bitch, and that bitch. <laughs> I, w- I was really amazed. The lighting in those photos is perfect. Uh, I've been quite the a, to get better, You dude. did a good job, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I hate like hell to give you a compliment, but those photos are, yeah. are really good. Oh, believe me. I had so many conversations with, by the way, and this is what I'm going to get to now. EOC fucking represented. <laughs> nice. Of course Love we it. did. I'm telling you, it was, I'm going to go through, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time. I'm gonna miss people because there were a lot of us there. We represented you guys and gals were awesome, and it, I lost track of how many people um, came up to me, especially after after the artist panel. Whenever people you know, got to put up a face to the voice, it was overwhelming how many eleven o'clock listeners were there, and awesome. I was blown away. Uh, my first and biggest thank you has to go to gabe um gabe infinity watch uh on the forums oh cool he, he put together uh an 11 o'clock get together on that's friday right. Night. that's right at the yeah, uh, hofbrau house or whatever at the hofbrau house and it what he you know how um you know how i get whenever uh folks come to chicago and i put on the 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 host hat and i get all yes. freaked out because Gizzards, people are, dude, of course. Exactly. Because people are coming <laughs> up, and I want them to have a good time, and I want to be a good host. That was Gabe, except he was a boss the entire entire weekend. He was so good about making people feel at home in his in his city, and he put this this whole big deal together. And by the end of the night, whenever there's like thousands of people in this German beer hall, and he had gotten people there at the right time and made the reservations and got it set up, it what he was like the man because of that. And then all weekend long, it was just so good to get to know him and what a great guy he is. So Gabe, thank you so much. Uh, I already uh, mentioned Emperor Zurich for bringing the beer. Um, John O. Um, it was so good to meet you. Red Green on the forum. Um, 
walked by me about like three times. I had met him so briefly at the at the at the beer hall on Friday, but I you know, you see so many faces and he would like look at me and nod at me and I'm like, What's going on, man? And I just found out by reading on the form that he was really sick and had lost his voice. So I'm sure he wanted <laughs> to say hi, but he couldn't and he actually had to go home early on Sunday. Um so red green, uh optic eighty five. Now this guy, Mark Warner is the guy who came all the way from China. Yes. Yes. Jesus, right. no. Lord Does he have a teleporter? It's, yeah. He flew in from China. and Boy, his at, arm's at, tired. At time, <laughs> flying, flew to New York to be with his girl, and then he was flying home. And I asked him, it's like, so are you just going to keep going the same direction and go all the way around? He's like, yeah, actually I am. So, uh, so Mark, it, uh, uh, he is a dapper guy. Reminds me of Tony Akins a lot. International man. I see that. Yeah, just by yeah. Okay. Yep. Box of fedora. So much better than I ever will. Look, well, it's like, a low bar, but okay. That really is. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Fuck you. He just looked great in a hat and just super nice. I, he was one of the guys that I really wanted to spend more time with. Didn't get a chance to. So I'm gonna have to go to. Uh, I'm gonna have to go to uh, China now. Nice. Uh, uh, Marta knows all about China. Yep. Yes, she does. She's been there without me. Um, Julian. Like I said, ear to ear grin. Didn't get to spend nearly enough time with him. Got got to talk with him a little bit. It was so. I give him so much. A, crap. a, a, a big part of me regrets not going simply because I would have loved to have seen Julian's excitement over Vegas. He was like totally fascinated listening to his podcast about just the absurdity of Vegas. You know, like he was like, "There's a he's like there's a giant black pyramid next to a freaking <laughs> freaking." Eiffel Tower next to a roller coaster, and he's right. Like you know, it is absurd. Think, it's an absurd. It's an uh, it's completely absurd. That's the other thing I was meaning to ask you. I mean, because because again, I I'm, I've been to Vegas so many freaking times that like it's kind of like Manhattan. I take it for granted. I don't like I don't really. So when I hear other people talk about it, I'm reminded of of some of the grandiosity of it that I often don't think about now. So like, what did you it think? Is, it was your first time is, in Vegas. It is a little bit like um, if you took um, like a a. a like a four squares of Times Square, and and dropped it in the middle of a desert. It's a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, it's you know big buildings, bright lights. Um, feels vaguely out of place just because you know you're in you know you're in a desert. Um, it do any gambling? Uh, I I just lost some money on the slots while I was waiting for people in the lobby. I, I'm such a bad gambler, Jason. Sportsbook. Uh, oh, I laid down twenty on the Cardinals to win the World Series. Cool. Um, I should have laid money on the Bears, but I'm not going to be back in in Vegas anytime soon because I knew they were going to mail st- your ticket in. Oh, I knew they were going to stomp the shit out of the out of the Cowboys. I'm saying you can mail your winning tickets back to Vegas. You don't have to be back. Go back. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. I'll just give, I'll just give it to you, and you can you take go. it for yeah. the money when the Cardinals win the World Series. Um, uh, went to the the Bellagio was amazing. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. Bellagio and um, um, uh, and Caesars. It is. Caesars. Beautiful casinos. I mean, just amazing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing there is real. I mean, like the, no, that's true. Like the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, even the women. It's, everything is, I mean, it has that, that sense of, you know, not either not belonging there or not being quite real, and I'm talking about the strip. Uh, I, I'm sure that the 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 larger town a, a, as a whole is, is different, but the strip definitely has this manufactured feel to it, and people are there yeah. to do 
thing, and that is party. They are there. They are there to party and gamble and drink and eat. That was my biggest disappointment is that I really kind of ran out of time and or energy and appetite to take advantage of the food. I, I, I had a sit-down meal twice while I was there. Once at the Pink Taco and once at Cohen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew that was coming. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> notice it. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and then, uh, uh, and then, and then I'm glad he's breaking up now. Yeah. No. Um, so I did. I did take advantage of of any of the food, either the really nice sit downs or even the buffets. I I'm like, ah, I really want to do the Bellagio buffet, and it just it just never happened. Uh, but on the flip side, I came back and I actually lost weight while I was out there, which was a good thing. So. Um, but yeah, Vegas, Vegas as a whole. Um, it wasn't until you know I got there on Thursday night, and it was, you know, people out moving around. I was able. To, first thing I did because I'm me, I, I walked across the street from the Hard Rock, uh, went to the CVS, uh, picked up a, a six pack of beer and a, and a fifth of, of Jim Beam, and, and took that back to the hotel. Um, so that 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 was that was kind of nice to to have that in the hotel room uh, over the weekend. But um, you know, you get up. Six o'clock in the morning, you walk downstairs, and there's guys, you know, walking down the hallway, you know, double fisting, you know, beers, you know, with two beers. I'm just like, man, those guys are just going to bed. And then I looked, and it's like, oh no, there, no, there's no going to bed there. They are on their way somewhere. It's six o'clock in the morning. They've probably been up for twenty hours. They're 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 just going, dude. That's how you got to do in Vegas. I mean, there are there are no clocks. That's how you there do. Are, there are no clocks. Well, the casinos in. are pumped full of uh, extra oxygen. Yeah. They're kept yeah. very cold, and it's yep. to keep you awake and ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Am, I, am, yeah. I, am I all happy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, lights and bells and whistles and everything to, to stimulate you. But it was funny because the Hard Rock, uh, you know, going, you know, the main gambling floor on Thursday night, you know, fairly tame. Plenty of people there, you know, watching the late football games and, and uh, you know, hanging out and drinking. Um, Saturday night, different fucking creature. Oh, for sure. Old answers. I mean, it was yeah, it was rocking. Uh, the douchebag level went up by about eight thousand percent in between Thursday. And yeah, Saturday. that's true too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a magnet for that. Um, and then the pool party. What was the old MTV show? The the pool parties. The um, do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, like the spring break uh, shows or yeah, like the or? Yeah, the grind. Yes. Oh, the workout show. Okay. That. It, it was Eric like knees, right? Yeah. Eric knees. Yes, the pool on Saturday and Sunday was that show. It yeah, was. I had two of the greatest days of my life at that pool years ago. Uh, we we would have you in the nuts. What's that? I, if you were like the people that were out there, I would have wanted to kick you in the nuts. <laughs> well, in a stretch of like a four-hour period, we were doing shots with Cuba Gooding Jr. as he was talking, as he was in between him hitting on the ugliest. Was the music playing white, him out? Did he show you the money? Of, of the ugliest group of, of white girls we'd ever seen he was hitting on. <laughs> and then two hours later, Dennis Rodman is sitting next to us, buys us a round of beers, and then takes a pitcher of beer and pours it all over his head. While there's like three porn star esque chicks hanging on his every word. Well, that is that's kind of cool. That's right. <laughs> pretty cool. I ran into Sammy Hagar, like literally, nice. turned around a wow. corner, turned around a corner, and it was like, "You're, you're Sammy Hagar." He's like, "Yes, I am." 
<laughs> it was it was it was like that Sammy Hagar, there's the red rocker right there, just yeah, walking with a few people down the hallway at the hard rock. Um yeah, that was that was that was neat. Uh any other minor celebrity sightings beyond that? I'm trying to trying I don't don't think so. Christopher, um, you know my uncle helped build all those uh casinos. Well well you're you're from you know, they're from the boot. Yeah. That's, yeah. he's uh air conditioning and sheet metal. Oh, okay. Yeah. He put up a lot of those. Oh, well, he helped. He didn't do it, you know, single-handedly. But Tim, it's, I try and think of that was the other thing about Vegas. I am a, I am a, a, a short, pale German lad from the Upper Midwest. That fucking sun out there is close to the earth. Oh, it's awesome. It is. It. I mean. I was walking back from the strip to the Hard Rock, which is a nice little walk, and about 10 o'clock in the morning, I was like, I got to get inside or I'm going to burst into fucking flames. Yeah, but it's not humid, though. There, there's no moisture at all. It's no, all and it's a, No, and that's the thing is that you can, once you step into some shade, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But if direct sunlight, you will you will go up like a book of matches. I would live in, in Nevada or Arizona. I love that dry heat. I, I just can't yeah. stand the Pennsylvania, Florida, like this side of the of the, the, the country, that wet, sticky, humid yep. heat. I cannot stand that. Yeah. You it could be like three hundred degrees. As long as it's dry, I'm fine. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was uh it was it was something it was something else. Um but yeah, I mean that was that was Vegas. Uh hey, I want to get through uh, a couple more um thank yous before I, I do not want to leave any of these people out. Um Gary Lewis, G. Lewis, who um um uses and reminded me that he uses uh Woods Tom Fowler uh commission as his avatar on the Oh floor. yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh, sure. Gary was awesome such a nice guy he's from austin and he'll tell you he's he he is as proud of austin as i am of chicago wow that's that's deep yeah exactly um i was just like damn is this what i sound like you must be proud of chicago because you said sven gulli and there i i thought there would be no chance you'd know but because you know what i mean that's what i mean because it's from your area right it's from berwin (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah i work like like two minutes from sven gulli's hometown Damn. Um, yeah, he's all over the place here. Um, but did you like that I, I called that out right That's away? what I'm saying. Yeah, impressive. Uh, Gary was was so – it was his very first con. And that was the other weird thing. So I heard a lot of people there say that it was their first con. People wow. that, that never wanted to brave a San Diego or, as, as Gary kind of crystallized it for me, never felt the need to pay $40 to go shopping. I'm like, okay, I can understand that. You know, if that's, if you're going to go to a con by yourself, uh, if you don't have anyone to go with, you know, I can see it's like, okay, why, you know, do I really want to buy a ticket to, to go and buy comics and wait in line by myself, you know, to meet people that it's, I'm going to, you know, farly out on. I can understand that, that, <laughs> that mindset. There was a lot of people there that it was their first show. Uh, but I told him, it's like, well, you're fucked now. He's like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I told a lot of people, it's like, okay, if this is your first con, it's like this being your first baseball game and you got into the dugout. I mean, you're, you're never, it, it's, you're done. You're cooked. It's, right. it's you're not gonna <coughs> you're not gonna improve on this but gary was <laughs> gary made like a little love connection with Derek robertson which was very endearing they were like they were very chummy with each other by by the end of it here's a perfect morrison con story kind of 
we're in the lounge, and Derek says, oh, I'm going to go get my guitar. He runs up to his room and comes back, and as he's signing sketches, Gary's just like, oh, hey, do you mind if I, you know, mind if I play your guitar? And Derek kind of looks at him and is like, okay, just, you know, be, be careful with it. Well, I knew, <laughs> because I had talked to Gary beforehand, that he's a stay-at-home dad now, but he had, for about 10 years, worked professionally in Austin as, as a guitarist on the music oh, nice. scene. Oh, nice. And so I was like, I'm just kind of, I, I didn't want to say, I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of good. And so, and so Gary pulls out Derek Robertson's guitar and starts playing. And Derek's like, oh, damn, dude. Okay, yeah, keep going. <laughs> and so, you know, here's the scene. We're in the lounge, and it's Derek Robertson and, like, five of us just sitting around this table with him talking about comics, asking mm -hmm. questions of, you know, of each other, not just of Derek. I mean, we're all, it's a very organic conversation, and Derek's sketching and chatting, and Gary's sitting there playing his guitar for, like, an hour. It was awesome. That is awesome. So, yeah. now, the creators, right? So, uh -huh. who... Who was there that you you hadn't had much experience with before? What did you think of them? I mean, obviously, I know I got to imagine. Jim it, it's Lee. funny. <laughs> yeah, well, right, and you mentioned him, but I mean, like, who? What about like? I mean, did everybody pretty much hang out? I mean, like, what was you know? I, it was funny looking at the pictures. Like, I see like guys like Kirkman and Hickman were pretty much in their you know the the t-shirt and jeans sort of yeah. no matter what what event they were at. I mean, were they exactly? <laughs> were they hanging out? I mean, were they like you know? Because especially yeah. Kirkman, like I'm super, like was Kirkman mobbed because you know I, I, they could have a kirkman con you know easily enough that that right. was that's kind of what was funny is that uh, i kind of got the i kind of got the the feeling that um no kirkman was great i think for me anyway because um because i have you know, so much love for 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 tony it's kind of hard for me to go up and have uh, a conversation whenever all I'm thinking in the back of my head is like, oh, well, I guess the uh, the lawsuit got dropped and all that. <laughs> and, you know, it's, and I'm certainly not going to bring that up and ask questions about that. Um, but yeah, I, he seemed fine. Um, was certainly happy to talk with anyone. Um, you know, I'm sure he's heard all of the, because his body of work is, is not as wide as some of the other guys. And I know he's done Invincible and I know that there are other comics out there, but everyone wants to just talk with him about Walking Dead and yeah, him sure, making sure. the transition from Kentucky to LA and the success of the show. And so I'm sure a lot of the stuff that he's getting asked about, he's getting asked about for like the eight thousandth time. Sure, sure. Um, but no, he he was very happy to spend time with people. Every, of all of the the ten the ten um, creators there, I mean, everyone was the the. Okay, here's one that freaked me out. I figured that Gerard Way, rock star, would be very very careful about how much time mm -hmm. he was walking around, especially in the Hard Rock Cafe, where a lot of people are probably apt to recognize him. Yep. Um, he was everywhere all the time. Cool. You could now, walk. I walked up to him several times, and I said, "Hey, man, I'm I'm kind of an alt country guy, so I know mm -hmm. almost none of your music. All I do know is that you write kick-ass comics. Can you please get back to that and drop?" That's what I was going to say. Do we have more Umbrella Academy coming? Or? <laughs> uh, he, he says that he can't wait to start writing again. So I would say that if it, 
something, if not Umbrella Academy, something. And mm-hmm. I think that he's very, very ready um, to do this. I mean, talking about how accessible everyone was, um, the program, which um, they talked about. It, I, I designed the program, which was which was very cool to to be a part of that um, and to to you know throw together a forty eight page uh, hardcover program was neat. Well, there is uh, a page in there that. Burnham designed the, the cover and a lot of the illustrations for it. Well, the cover illustration, which he did in Blue Line, I put in on, on one of the interior pages. And so it's a picture of uh, a six-armed Morrison sitting cross-legged, like in a, a, a yoga pose, with icons floating around him as he's floating above the, the Las Vegas skyline. And so each one of these icons represents one of the special guests. Like there's a microphone for Gerard Way and a, a Batman utility belt for Burnham and a hatchet for Hickman and a, a New York Yankees hat for Jim Lee. And so each guy has their own their own icon floating around him. Well, I got every one of the the guests to sign their icon. In the program, right, right, right. Which Jesus. was very, which was very, but that's how accessible they were. And I was like, oh man, I'll never get a Gerard Way um, signature. He was hanging out the entire show. He was he, usually like you know outside of the main stage, and people, you know, it got. It, it's ridiculous because it got to a point that it was, it was so like, oh yeah, oh hey, what's up? Yeah, you just like nod. And, you know, it's like, oh, what's going on, man? Like, after, like, day two, it, like, all of the starstruckedness had really kind of worn. Sure, sure. You know, it was just, they were they were just there to hang out. And so, and so that, you know, it was, it was, it was cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, with all this accessibility, right? Yeah. What'd we get? What'd you get us? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Damn you, Neesman. You were not as smart as Will Pfeiffer was. What did he do? He sent me his copy of uh, Super Gods and his copy of Flex Metallo, which I got uh, Grant to sign both and Frank wow. to sign as well. So, so when is my uh, new X Men page getting here? <laughs> uh, they were they were there for sale, dude, and it'll make you sick to your stomach when I tell you they were. You could no, no, I heard from Ron that they were there, yeah. and yeah, yeah, you could have scored new X Men pages for under three hundred. Yeah, yeah man. Well, 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 under three hundred. Yeah, there were a lot of pages. Oh man, two seventy-five. Oh, were, for a quietly. There were amazing pages for three hundred, three fifty. We three pages. That's nuts. He did not have we three pages. He had All Star Superman pages, which made me sick to my stomach. Um, <laughs> uh, it just, I was, I had to be good. It any, just any flex? Did he have stuff from Flex? No Flex, no We Three. It, what I saw was uh, uh, Batman and Robin, All Star, still, and, uh, and New X Men. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Gary was awesome. Uh, I want to get through these last thank yous. Um, and once again, I'm going to forget people, so I'm so 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 sorry. Uh, Barbara Griffin, who's from Atlanta, um, longtime listener of the show. So great to meet her and and her brother. Uh, they're really nice people. Um, she listens every week and wanted to, you know, make sure to to come up and introduce herself. She was a sweetheart and uh, and uh, a special a special shout out to Barbara. Um, let me see here. What does that say? 
Uh, oh, Chris, uh, who is Department H on the forums now. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing. I have to uh, – I, uh, David, I'm going to start paying more attention because on uh, three occasions wow. I have to come up and say, yeah, can you uh, activate my account? So funny. Yeah, and it's it's so so yeah. It takes Morrison Khan to to Chris to actually put on his administrator hat and and roof people. I know. It's like yeah, um, I'm a, a devil dog. Uh, I tried to sign up in February. Can you activate my account? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and I don't uh, do they bother to try to email? Well, I'm, that, I'm, I'm, we I'm, never. We I'm, I'm good. We never tell. So, um, so uh, which brings me to um, one of the one of the most awesome guys that I met was Matthew Kaczynski, and he is now Devil Dog on the forum. Uh, Matthew, um, no relationship what, to Ted, right? No, but that is his call sign because he is a pilot. He's a Marine pilot. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And and that was the funny thing is that one of the other guys in his in his squadron, um, his last name is McVeigh. So they've got a uh, no way. Get out of here! It's freaking wow. bizarre, man. Story. That's um, like the Lincoln Kennedy Penny thing. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. The secretary. Yeah. Matthew was so awesome, and you know I thanked him for his service because uh, he was telling me about. I mean, he had gone from from Libya to Afghanistan. Um, you know, like bang bang. And he's stationed out of North Carolina, I believe. Uh, you know, showed me some showed me some video from uh, from him uh, you know, flying, and uh, which was awesome. And you know, he's a, like a lot of podcast listeners he doesn't doesn't get to to talk about comics with a lot of people, and so I think podcasts really really keep a lot of people involved in you know. It, in the hobby and for him you know he was just happy as all get out to be at morrison con and it was it was awesome to hang out with him and kind of hear about his life and what got him into the marines and being a pilot and you know how how he's stayed a comic book fan you know through all that i just a just a really incredible young man um you know i, I truly honored to meet him and, and to get to to know him a little bit it was cool and needless to say, I mean Ron and James and uh, is it Kristen? The the Isotope Crew, which right. is now, is uh, that his wife or his girlfriend, or is it just a coworker? Uh, uh, at least girlfriend. I don't okay. know. If they're married. Mm-hmm. They, they're long. They've well, been together. Together, though. They've been together the for a long time. I've, I've met her. And I, it's, it's the same yeah. one he's usually traveling with, right? Yes, yes, it's Kirsten. And they're both from Madison. They actually moved out to San Francisco from Madison, Wisconsin. So we got to talk a, a little bit about that. Um, so the Isotope crew, which, I mean, let me let me get through them, and I hope I don't miss any of them. James, Kirsten, uh, Mike, Josh, Kelly, Ash, Andrew, Katie, and Chunk. These Chunk. <laughs> Chunk. Cool. Is a badass. Chunk is a badass. He actually lives yeah. in Seattle, but he's hey, awesome. you guys. Um, <laughs> the, I, once again, hyperbole aside, this these are not coworkers. I mean, this is a family, and it was so apparent whenever they were together and working together or playing together after the shows. I mean, these people love each other so much. And it's just this comic shop that has has brought them together, and it's and I think it is really the the entire 
um, ideology that that Kirsten and and James have, and the whole concept of that store and what they want it to be, and the people that it has attracted to be a part of it, it was awesome. I mean, I was I was awestruck to to see these people with each other. You know how much how much they loved each other and how excited they were that they were a part of pulling this off. That ice if you're if you're anywhere in the Bay Area and you don't shop at Isotope, I mean, I know that there are probably some other great shops in the area, but I, I can't imagine not wanting to be a part of that that group and at least know them. I mean, it was amazing to see them with each other. And uh, and real quick, um, you know, Ron of of course Ron who Ron's dangerous man. Ron, that, that guy, that guy. If you know, I don't. Whatever he puts his mind to is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's well, let's let's get him to do something with this thing. Ah. He, he could bring us probably to the stratosphere. Come on, Ron, take us with you. So Pat, I'm having dinner after, with Ron next week, so we'll uh, we'll chat about that. <laughs> there you so, go. Hook us up. Yeah, it, that that and I mentioned Allie and Angela and Pat and of course Akira the Dawn. So if I missed anyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just hit me up on Twitter, and I may honestly, I made so many friends there, guys. I I know I've been going on and on for well, for well over an hour about this. It was I. It was it was a comic book Woodstock. I mean, it's not ever going to happen again. Not like this. The next time they do something, it'll be great, but it'll be different. Um, right, right, right. It was yeah. It was it was awesome. How could it not be? It's friggin' Morrison. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, so enthusiastic. So it, it it was the the most positive vibed thing I've been to in you know you know like David was saying even the awesome shows that we've been to there's always some little rain rain cloud floating around to you know kind of you know just you know rain on your parade I guess yeah. you know, there was that there i didn't i didn't hear one crossword i did there was no but I, I mean seriously didn't didn't see a frown didn't hear a crossword it was nothing but people talking about what a great time they were having and and yeah it was it was wild loved awesome. it. so loved great it. man I, i'm very very disappointed that i didn't go but but I, it's i'm glad you got to go and it sounds like the people that all went like you said every one of them had an awesome time so yeah that's that's quite an accomplishment for any yeah. con you know out of ten, and, you know, there's so much that could have gone wrong with it, so much that could have gone wrong with it, and nothing. I mean, that thing with, with that much positive energy, and I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, you know, don't give me the 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 wackadoodle, you know, positive energy shit. I'm a fucking. That's real. I'm, I'm a believer now, Vince. Okay. But that much positive energy, there was not going to be anything bad. Uh, they, they just wasn't allowed. It, you know, you nothing go. bad. Nothing. I mean, I'm serious. You know, I was talking about how how Grant was taking so much time with each person, and there were people that were waiting in line to get stuff signed by him, and you know, they had to kind of be explained. It's like, hey, we're gonna have to bump you to tomorrow. We've got to get him back to this panel. That we're just running out of time. And they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Can you imagine standing in line for like an hour? Yeah, and, right. and people coming to you and say, hey, you know what? We ran out of time. Sorry. And they were like, oh, okay, we'll just be back tomorrow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was a little Stepford Wives, honestly. <laughs> nice. It was you know, it was yeah, the original, was, not the sequel. The, yes, the, yeah, <laughs> the original. It was, it was a little weird. And like I said, 
for for the highlight of the show not to be for me being on stage with five of of my favorite artists i mean that wasn't even a highlight of the show for me it was a highlight it wasn't the highlight right i mean i mean does that speak to it at all yes did you bust burnham's ass like who let you in Constantly, I told him. I told him I had socks that were older than him. <laughs> nice. Burn, oh, Burn, that's funny. Burnham, Burnham was awesome the entire weekend. People, I, I think. Yeah, I think there were 500 people that left left that show as as much bigger Burnham fans than they did coming in. He ran. He ran the uh, the Sunday morning uh, hangover sketch. The sketch jam, which was a hit of the show, an absolute hit of the show. Um, uh, he drew a post-coital uh, Thor for Allie in her in her sketchbook, which was which I was saw great. that. Yeah, what a great you know. So yeah, cool. Yeah, so, so Burnham was a Burnham was a hit hit of the show for sure. Duh. So I, I missed you. I missed you guys. I missed Mario. Mario was originally supposed to go with me, and we would have we would have had so much fun. Um, and I know that he's listening. He's probably said fuck about eighty times. Yeah. I'm listening to this, um, Mario. We should have been there, buddy. Um, I'm, everyone, everyone asked about you guys. Everyone asked about you. So uh, that Even was Kirkman? that. Kirkman uh, wanted to know where 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 Jason was. Where's Wood? Right, I'm, I'm uh, Kirkman said, "Where David at?" Yeah, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm due to call him, so I'm going to touch base with him. Yeah. Don't worry, Bobby. Don't worry, Bobby. Got, I'll give you a call. Got to know Kyle Higgins while I was there, mm-hmm. which is kind of wild. So, um, yeah, he was hanging out. Um, he and Mike Costa dropped by. They were at the uh, the other uh, comic show, so uh, so we got to talk Deathstroke and and RT Bear. So school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, jealous, jealous. Vince, you would have been as much as I I would have loved to have Jason there, so he could kind of show me his Las Vegas. Um, and how much? <laughs> I don't think you were ready, so maybe next time. Yeah, <laughs> show me parts of your Las Vegas. Um, mostly, you know, like the food. Uh, David, who I think would have loved the um, the artist interactions there. I I missed Vince the most because he would have been the guy that would have been sitting up front in the front row for every panel, just yeah. absolutely soaking everything in and asking questions and and, and having convert you would have ended up having conversations with morrison that would have been of legend yeah mm-hmm. you see I, I knew something was going to happen and i'm glad i pulled out because uh, behind the scenes you guys know something did so i had an intuition yeah. and, and i wish i could have been there but yeah maybe next time i was there in spirit yeah, that was scratching his balls thinking about me. So, like I said, everyone asked about you, so <laughs> yeah. the, a lot of people, a lot of people were, had vent, had vents on their mind. Oh, so, well. Yeah. Hey, now, so what are we gonna do? We you still you, you got anything else to to get into, or are we, we gonna talk stuff we read? <laughs> well, I've been I've been Bogart. The, I've, this is almost an hour and a half of me talking, which is all right. Since. I'm gonna go get a beer. I'm gonna watch you guys fire it. You dick! I'm gonna get a beer. All right, just gonna go grab a beer real quick. I'll be right back. Um, well, I will say, um, uh, if you haven't picked it up yet, um, read Happy. Yes, I, I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it, you have the Morrison Con exclusive cover. No, no of course I've got, not. I've got one with a nice hearty rip in it. 
Nice. Yeah, see, that's what we get. We get ripped comics. Yeah, yeah. boy. Um, so, yeah, so anyway. Uh, oh, the, one last thing. Everything there, top shelf. The, the banners, the, 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 the programs, the, the bags, the badges, everything that they did, the video presentations, the music, the drinks, the everything they did was done top shelf. There I gotta was, believe that they're gonna put a DVD out or something. I, I, I'm sure that they, knowing Ron, I'm sure they work something out ahead of time and there's gonna be I, like I, a. I think there's a documentary that's being made out of it. Gotta be. There has to be. Yeah. Yeah, they were filming in the green room like the entire time. I don't know if that was if that was Ron and James and Kirsten's people or Grant's people, but there is some video stuff going together. I don't know if it's going to be available online. I don't know if it's going to be you know for for sale. You know, hard copy yeah, stuff. It has but, to be. I, but the thing about the panels, I mean, you're talking. You know, it's going to be like twelve, at least twelve hours of panels. I'd sit mm. there and watch them. Yeah, it's God. You'll have to watch the artist panel. Yeah, scary, scary. I only, I only had like two or three heart attacks while I was up there. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. So, Go get your beer. All right, right, beer. Oh, I thought he'd never shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Jealous. I'm friggin' jealous. Me too. Me too. I know, but I didn't want to tell him because he'd eat that shit right up. You know it. Yeah. Sounds awesome though. Let's talk saga. You wanna? Yes. Have, did you get caught up on that, Jason? Oh, healthy. Awesome. I did too. Up to issue six, I believe, right? That's all yeah. we could. Because seven's not out yet. There you go. Um, what did you? I, you know what? I really enjoyed ah. Brian Brian K. Vaughn stuff before this, but I got to say, I do not think I've seen him this inventive ever. Every well, issue is just totally different. It, it compounds on what came before, but it moves in a totally different it direction. It is creative, yeah. It, it's insanely creative. It's been amazing. I, I don't know where we should begin. It's uh, six issues of... There's a lot in those six issues. I mean, it's... Right, but it's, it's not a deep read. You, you can... You, well, depending on what you want to take away from it, you can, you can just skim it and read all six in maybe two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but f- for my money, it the, the art... Is is the uh, the speed bumps because I cannot blow past uh, Fiona's art. There, there are some panels where uh, the color, the line, it's just so gorgeous. I have to I have to slow down. I think and, some and of soak my, it in. My some of my favorite scenes have no no dialogue, no words. Yes, especially right. in the sixth issue where the will is talking. Well, originally. Thought he was talking to the stalk, but the message comes out on the stalk's phone, and after that conversation ends, and he's sitting on the bed, and his cat is next to him. The cat's expression, obviously knowing truth, Will is feeling, and and the Will's reaction to the it just I was that that hit me more than probably anything else in the issue, especially the last page of the sixth issue. With the big reveal, but right. it, but that, the stinger, that, the stinger that that sequence is the ship floating in space, the treehouse, yeah, no, yeah on the bottom, yeah, is so cool, dude. Yep. There are no, it's like any other, almost any other comic book you'd see some of these ideas in, and you're like, oh, that's goofy, All right, that's corny, all right, that's like I, I didn't know I was watching like you know Saturday morning cartoon or something silly, but it just it works in this environment in this. I mean, because 
right off the bat, you see two characters, the two main characters who are now parents, just looking at them, and you think, this, this, I, I don't know if I could take this serious. This is just goofy. I don't, but what they say, how they act, how they act with each other, to each other, what they feel. I mean, I, I see them arguing and, and, and I, I know people who talk that way. There is nothing, you could say the dialogue out loud and it wouldn't sound crazy or far. It wouldn't no. sound like Captain America talking to Thor or anything like it. Just, it, there's weight to it. There is, right. there, it's, it's just it really is a an all around perfect package. This is this is going to land most likely more than in a few categories for right. me when it comes to eleven o'clock. I'm I'm really a little disappointed that they didn't do a hardcover first for the the uh, the initial trade because uh, I mean I I'm double yeah, but dipping then, on but this. now but now it's ten bucks. I mean so now I mean, it, there's exactly no right. But I, no. I, I'm hoping that they go the invincible route and and eventually repackage this stuff in in big ass durable hardcover editions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things I I yelled I exclaimed out loud like woo when I was reading issue number four because they made such a stink about the explicitness of Black Kiss number. Uh, two number one remember banned in in great britain in in, in sure, some instances sure. and and i i'll say issue four of saga is every bit as explicit as black yeah, two number one right. you you have full penetration you got oral going on in the background yeah. you got strap-ons dingy donkeys like everywhere in that sextillion sectil- sext- yep. sequence and nobody said like boo. dildos and people's asses that's what i'm saying no and, whoa and, i always come back in the weird parts no really I'm talking about uh, saga and, and oh. nobody oh, has okay. said boo. I mean, lesbianism, you got, like Jason said, strap-ons, angels going down on each other. Nobody's, and, and the things they get away with, and it's so beautifully drawn. Well, but then, I mean, let's, what about the, I mean, the, to me, the, the thing that really shocks me of this whole thing is that, I mean, I know it's just implied, but the idea of a six-year-old whore, I mean, huh. I cannot believe that yeah. that got, I, I yeah. really have, I can't, I'm, I was actually stunned that that didn't get, like, massive, Public relations blowback, like right, but they don't—they don't, they don't well, really—they yeah, don't show but, anything. Yeah, but it's well. But it's, no, I understand, but we're talking about today's day and age, right? Like, I mean, what happens, right? Where well, hey, man, you know, slave like, 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 for tea party drawings, right? Like, I mean, that shit exists. Yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's unfortunate, yeah, I mean, but it does. Yeah, it, yeah, human human trafficking is. I mean, that that's what I mean. Brian Vaughn writes about stuff like that. He's going. Yeah. That's how he has political statements is by having stuff like human trafficking. I'm really surprised it wasn't a boy. Extremely surprised. After the reveal, and it it was a little girl, I I was like, man, that would have been more to the point if it was a boy, because you you know what you read, right? This this stuff exists. But the thing that got me was the will um, smushing the guy's head. Like, here we have a character so badass, he's murdered, like, countless people but he has a soft spot for for um children and prostitution it's like mm-hmm. we aren't the professional yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it, that was that was the one thing about the six issues I, I don't find a fault with it because i have a soft i mean i have a a, a, a a nasty mad on for people who prostitute children too you know but i mean that it, it was just kind of a little on the trite side Based on be, be, in context with all this innovation going on in, in these six issues, that was the the one weak link for me. But not really? a problem. Yeah, not a problem. I mean, it wasn't a problem. I'm just saying, uh, 
grand scheme of things, that was the one thing I, I stepped back and I thought, eh, okay, yeah, okay, I'll take that. But otherwise, it's innovative as hell. I don't think there's a more innovative comic on the stands right now. It's exceptional. I mean, the robots being loyal, you know, and, and there's still so many threads that he's really good at the, you forget how good Vaughn is at, at the cliffhanger. I mean, because right. every, oh, every, yeah. every issue leaves you with something you're dying to find out what happens next, which is a rare thing in comics these days. Uh, it's almost like he's, I mean, there are times where you, you, as you read each issue, okay, so you had, you had the breastfeeding in the first issue, then we have a bunch of, of ghosts and apparitions that are, that, that have been mauled and mutilated and, and yep. she's got her guts hanging out. And we have, you know, we, I we wonder the if sex. the breastfeeding people are still around for issue number four, what they thought. Nah, I, I think they either realized how, how silly it was to 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 argue that, or Seriously. just like, yeah, it it. I don't, or maybe that's when they realized maybe maybe this book isn't for me, and I'm <laughs> so. Uh, but every every issue, Vaughn and and Staples just seem to be like, all right, so wh- what are we going to do to just give? Make, they're going to do a double take over something in this issue, and and, yeah. and so you know, it's either a six year old. Whore, or, but it is, or, or, or a, a bare-chested spider woman who yeah. is, you know, I mean, oh. there's, there is absolutely, there has been nothing drawn on these pages where it feels out of place. Everything right. just works it's an and, it was, and it was such a a loss of wind when you had the stock who was a badass yes! it, and and just like this this unstoppable assassin and she gets taken out by a, a dickhead by a dickhead with a lucky shot just because she was she was uh, you know what i mean otherwise engaged in that in that s- sequence and then bam big hole in her chest dead and 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 prince robot's just like you know well inconsequential to him but little little does he know that he has now uh, jumped to the top of the Will shit list (laughs) and that's probably going to play out in some deeply disturbing way I'm I'm sure but uh, and like this whole this whole like this whole universe that he's setting up I mean the idea that all these freelance mercenaries who are these badasses all are known as like the something yeah but like universally it's understood like that they're you know it's not like just some nickname that seems like everybody understands that who they are and that and that they're they're named that way because they have this mercenary status like it's just it's just wacky like he's just he's thought through all these intricacies he's laying this universe out which is just so cool Mm -hmm. I never want to see this book end I, I I hope he is building up a huge head of steam and can bring this in like way farther than the average, say, Vertigo series. Well, I remember, don't want to I mean, see you know, just sixty issues. I want this to go on for. Narrated by the daughter, so theoretically, we've got a long journey ahead of us. Right, right, right. Um, Although in this in this world, I mean, it could she she could be narrating it from the afterlife. I mean, you don't know true. where we could be going with this. But no, you're right. I mean, at at some point, you kind of think that eventually. She's going to talk, and 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 we'll see. I mean, we, the parents may not make it past the the seventh or eighth issue. So, I mean, we. I just. I wouldn't be surprised. I. I mean, there there are nothing can be completely unexpected. You can't you, you can't take anything for granted. I don't know. We've we've been we've had six issues. We. I mean, I look at the stalk and I figure, okay, this is someone who's going to stick around for a while. But it's. Right. I mean, there really is. You don't know. It's it's. You could, I could have seen the stock being like Hair Star from from uh, Preacher, like just right. someone that would dog the cast for like dozens and dozens of issues, but like blam, dead. 
So there's, Not, there, there's I, first yeah. within the within the first arc, dead. And you, it's a, she was a really cool character. Yes. Um, that means but, she doesn't have a twin somewhere, or that you know we don't know if they can come back to life. But it, it's just, but that's the thing. It wouldn't. It, I wouldn't think that that was a cop out or or a do over or anything. It's not. It just it. it I I trust. I have faith in these creators, and and yeah, I am so in love with the with the road we're traveling down. Yeah, I knew Vaughn was was top notch writer, but I'm, I'm I wasn't deeply immersed in why. I enjoyed it enough. I mean, it, it was it was good, but the real surprise for for this series for me is Fiona Staples. Oh my mm-hmm. God! To to go from a uh, who's that again to oh my like top of my gotta watch list. She's fantastic. She's really good. Yeah, and color line. I mean, it's all there. But just to get everybody up to speed, since the last time we talked about this, Marco was in pretty bad shape, uh, dying from his wounds. Right, uh, he needs snow. Yes. To cast, to cast a healing spell. And, um, so for, uh, Alana to get the, to procure this snow, she has to kind of trust this, this chatty horror known as Isabel. See, the, the, the legend of the area of the, the, um, the clench that they're in were these, these horrors, savage travelers that go through this particular area. And it turns out not to be true that they're just children. They're dead children. Um, so, so Isabel offers to take Alana to, to the snow, but there's the condition. Uh, the dead girl, uh, hey, um, Alana has to allow the dead girl to bond with her baby, with Hazel, because the only way, uh, Isabel can get off the planet is to soul bond with somebody that was born there. That's pretty cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, little, little, um, nugget. But, um, so now we know why Marco is a pacifist. Because when he lets go, he really friggin' lets go. Yeah, he's a I'm thinking Wolverine all the way. I mean, he yeah. just savaged, the blood crazed berserker rage, ripping people apart, and uh, and then you had uh, it goes into sex sextillion, a uh, nasty bit of business, and with a child prostitute, and and the will steps in and and takes matters into his own hands. But while he does that, his his the love of his life supposedly he was he was in love with the stock there's a bond there going on and uh prince robot the fourth is really torqued because his princess is pregnant <laughs> something he didn't want to hear did you notice that when he he kills the stock what's what's the icon uh that that's that pops over his head he's i think it's a passive is it a a pacifier like he's really pissed that um the ms robot i don't even know if they're married right is with child there's a thing i can't find the sequence now where is it is that in six where no, she it's shot in five. it's in five it's in six yeah in, in six he's looking over the the body right yes look on his on his his tv screen there's a rattle as, oh, as he, right. as, okay. yeah he he is torqued that that he's going to be a daddy and he just blam takes all the aggression out on the poor stock. That's nuts. Subtext. There you go. Yeah, you I have to say I didn't. I didn't pick up on that actually. I, I didn't. Yeah. Because he was talking about how before how upset he was about being sent off world when he was promised he could be back on the world and starting a family. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's a ruse. I don't think yeah, he's happy. Was, I don't think he's happy at all. Her maybe, but yeah, yeah. That that's that's. Him. You think that's, that's back in when he couldn't get it up when he was banging her doggy style? You never know, <laughs> which means that he may not be the father of this thing. 
Mm. Oh, true. It might not be Jafada. Subconsciously, he may know this, huh? But the, and another high point of the series is the lion cat. Like David said, the expressions on yes, this cat's awesome. face are amazing. Like the one part uh, when he's like, yeah, you got to go back to the ship. And uh, this, the look on the cat's face is nuts. And he's like, lie. <laughs> it's not as, he's like, you wouldn't have fun in there anyway. And he's like, lie. <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, not a pacifier, baby rattle? Yeah, rattle. Right. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's saying something. That's damn cool. That is. But uh, any idea how this this book plays into things? What what's the name of the book? Uh, uh, Nighttime smoke, and and they're heading to the to the planet uh, that hosts the the author of this book, the the one eyed um, what was it? Oh name? right, yeah, heist or something. Yeah, I wonder how this figures into things. Quietus was the name of the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he like a? a a revolutionary or freedom fighter or something like what what's his deal we don't know because it looks like a romance to me right right it looks like a harlequin romance type of yeah thing. but it, it must have uh couched prose that can be read in a bunch of different ways and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's cool be i mean there, there's so many doors left uh, unopened in this book but I'm, I'm just excited to see where this thing is going and Absolutely. i don't want it to uh, take your time you know how oh man this book doesn't go anywhere people complain like uh, long drawn out runs in six issues we've gotten more from vaughn and staples than than you know the average couple of years oh from, yeah from sure. some books yeah. yeah so at this pace go on forever i don't care if it takes you 20 years to finish it just take There's your time a ton of pages where you know you have four five six panels per page i mean there's no nothing is there's no splash pages just because you know they want to i mean she can put things like like when when he breaks the sword over his knee and and mm-hmm. and the special effects and so i mean that that could have been a full page splash in another book where you're just trying to show something big happen. It's the middle panel in the page surrounded by four of the panels. It's just, I mean, the, the beats work. There isn't, I, I really, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be like Chris with the hyperbole here in a little bit. I just, there is nothing where I can't look at this and think, well, that was a misstep, or I wonder if they could have done it differently. Right, if they yeah. did, I'm not. There's no second yeah. guessing here. I'm not critiquing. I just, I, I am just enjoying everything I get with Saga. Yeah, I think the colors, it, for my money, the colors superb. The colors uh, are gorgeous. I would say yeah. even the colors even stronger in some spots than the line, like the, uh, the, the page on Sextillion. Right, right after you see that really explicit shot. Uh, with uh, yellows and and mustardy colors, that city s- uh, street scene when the the Will's walking down the street with his back to you, and you see that dinosaur with the purple dick in the mm-hmm. foreground. That's a really strong image. I, I I just think those colors, the harmony there is just beautiful. It's just it all blends together in a gorgeous, gorgeous image. I I love this book. Love it. It's, it's really amazing. strong. It really is. Yeah. And uh, did we, you notice the design of the? Uh, I think the, cover? the seventh issue is is December. The eighth issue is December. It's okay. only a couple of months. Yeah, in the, in, in the letters page, he didn't. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it's not like it's a six month wait or anything. It's just a couple okay. of months. The cover images, how they wrap the color around the back cover, so simple, but it's really effective. Did you notice you that? Lying. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's amazing. I don't want to give them big big heads, but. I, I there's not too many books on the on the uh, at the shops every Wednesday that can compare to this damn book. 
and I think Image know it. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna go out of their way to really keep this book at the at the forefront. I would agree, and and, and, and rightly so. And I don't know that they really need to. I mean, like I, I think Vaughn's name is still carrying a lot of weight, so I don't know that yeah. they really have to try that hard. It's a good book written by a named guy, so it's you know. But I'm with you. Fiona Staples is off the chain. I gotta get something. Oh yeah, me too. Although me too. I gotta get something from her like soon before she gets like blown up. Yeah, yeah, fast then because it's, I know it's happening. I know. Oh, real quick, a last thank you, <laughs> Mike Graham from from Canada was so oh, yeah. was so fun to hang out with this weekend. Another one of the guys that I really wish I had gotten uh, to to spend even more time with. So, Mike Graham, you're awesome. Um, thanks for thanks for everything. So, I'm gonna keep doing this throughout the show as I think of people. Cool, you make it happen. You do what you gotta <laughs> do, kid. That's right. So how about y'all, David or or, uh, or Jason? What do you got? Um, well, uh, I mean, I, I, I Saga was one of the big things I read. I read, um, I read uh, Black Kiss two and three. <laughs> three? Uh, you got three already? It's out today, son. Oh, so, oh, you can't do that to me. <laughs> oh yeah. What's that like, Vince? Wow. You can't I got notes. I got notes. Let me read it for you. Oh, yeah. oh you're crushing me. Oh, no. Oh, no, but I love three, it. three is cray-cray, yo. It's nuts. Really? It's well, so we could talk about two, right? Oh, Chris, yeah. Let's just well, read it in. I, we should probably hold off. We want to wait till you get okay. three because we just talked about... Uh, I'd like to read it. One at length uh, what, a week or two ago. <laughs> two weeks ago, so... But, um, but no, that was crazy. I mean, I have to say, you know, I haven't been a big fan of Chaken in a long time, and this is definitely awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbridled, like, like nasty pornography. It's it is. hilarious. It is. I mean, and is you, you know what I like the best about it? Remember when we were like, uh, talking about the first issue, and we're like, so what, what is this deal? Is it a vampire? Is it a succubus? Is it like a demon? And, and, and in issue number two, Howard's like, it doesn't matter what the frigate is. He 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 writes that into the narrative. He's like yeah, uh, succubus vampire. Who the hell cares? They they turn people with their jism. That's all you need to yep. know. And they and they eat flesh. Yep. They, I, I think there's a new standard of measurement for uh, comics that has been instigated by Black Kiss. It's the DPP, and that's dicks per page. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> there there is that. more penises in Black Kiss than I think I've I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I would hope ever, but. Yeah. Friggin' is uh, huge you know. still. I will say, um, I just started reading um, The Shade, which just wrapped up the 12 issue series oh, really? of DC. You know, and longtime uh, fans of Starman know The Shade as a character from mm-hmm. it. And this is also written by, was, was also written by James Robinson. Um, I'm through the first four issues of the 12, and um, it's really good. I mean, I, the reason I started reading is because I heard it was really good. I mean, I know. Um, I know uh, Josh and Connor and Ron all loved it, and uh, a couple other people had said it was worth reading. So, figured I'd pick it up, and it, it's it's great so far. I mean, I'm you know I was very late to the Starman party. I, I didn't read it until the uh, the omnibuses came out, um, and thought it was terrific. But the Shade is a really interesting character. Uh, he's very much ambiguous, sort of an antihero. And I would say the crowning achievement of the series so far is issue number four, which is drawn by Mr. Darwin Cook. So, no kidding, a, I didn't yeah, know that. Yep, it's a flashback issue to um, a, uh, an adventure that the Shade has, uh, you know, many years before, uh, and it's uh, in classic Darwin Cook fashion. It's just breathtaking. Like I wanted to stare at every page for like ten minutes. So, um, so who's the I, regular artist on this on the book? Well, it's a couple different ones. Um, the the first three issues were drawn by Cully Hamner. Oh, um, nice, nice. You know, who's also, te- you know, terrific. 
and then like you said the fourth one is is um is Darwin and then I'm I'm midway on the way home I was reading it so I'm midway through the fifth issue and the fifth issue was drawn by Javier Pulido so I don't know if I don't know if Hamner comes back or if Pulido is is That's a uh, strong team yeah yeah so but so far so good and and so I would definitely recommend it I know the trades are due out and the issues are readily available I bought I got mine off off um off Comicsology so um. It's I just it's it's really really good and like I said it's uh the shade is an awesome character really I mean it's 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 really a very much Robinson playing in the area where I think he's done his best work which is the Starman universe Opal City you know Hope is in there because she's still dating the shade and um the uh, you know Mikkel the, the the blue Starman is in it um so some would say it's the only thing that James Robinson should write yeah I didn't want to go that far but i would I wouldn't disagree <laughs> with that statement put it this way. I heard that cry for justice is pretty nasty. Is that what you're talking about or implying I'm kind of implying that anything anything except anything? except for Starman and the like the very very golden Age was good golden Age was good, but i mean that's j s the j s a and and starman that's kind of his his wheelhouse oh. and what was the what was the the series he did with Paul Smith. Um, the Nature. Oh, no, not the Golden Leave Age. It's a Chance. I've never read it. And apparently, I, it's never going to be finished. So, um, hmm. so I don't know what to do. So, it's, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, stick with the, the Starman, Starman, Starman spinoff stuff. Is yeah. <laughs> His JLA was, was terrible. It was a good <laughs> Not a good look. look. Not a good look. (laughs) Well, let's be nice. Um, You know what, Uh, David, unless you have anything, we could start in your travels because we're creeping up on two hours here. Gosh. Sorry, guys. That's all right. Hey, you... uh, No, I I can say I'll um, I'll, I'll say mine for next week. That's fine. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, this, um, episode has been brought to you by who else? Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Cheap books delivered right to your door effortlessly. You don't have to do a damn thing but fill out your order form, sit back and wait for the dude to bring your books. And you'll get them for far less than everybody else in the, in the world. dcbservice.com. All right. Uh, in your travels, I caught up on a big old stack of a book that has quickly jumped to the the top, well, two books actually that has quickly jumped to the top of my must-read pile every month. The, the they're um, one of the ones that I dig out of the box first, and I like to organize my stuff by, uh, you know, I want to read it now. Eh, that can hang on for a little while. When I get to it, I get to it. But IDW's Popeye. Oh my God! Oh, uh, Paul I, I, I was talking about that the other day. Yeah. Yes, I I need to read these. Um, th- there's actually two series. Uh, you can ignite your your tactile senses with these books because they're printed on this deliciously toothy paper, right from the cover straight on in. It it kind of has a, an old timey feel, like a real pulpy toothy paper feel to it. Um, so you can go two routes. There's a, a new ongoing simply called Popeye, which, which features all new stories written by the great Roger Snarked Langridge. We all know who that is, right? And drawn by titanic talents like Tom Neely, who is amazing. If you see some of Tom Neely's art, like there's a, he not only drew this long Popeye, uh, story meets, uh, Popeye meets the Phantom Crusher. 
for issue number three. He also did the color art. Neely's amazing. Uh, there's a guy named Ken Wheaton, and there's a, an awesome dude named Vince Musaccia. They draw all the stuff for the, the regular, all-new, ongoing Popeye. And while you're at it, indulge yourself in the ongoing Popeye Classic series, which showcases work from the late, great Bud Sagendorf's long run on, on the, the Dell, I believe, series. I, he did like almost a hundred consecutive issues for Dell and, and IDW's reprinting them, uh, in sequence. It, it's a really good time to jump into Popeye. If you've never read it before or you've only been exposed to the EC Seeger stuff, seriously, I cannot praise these, these Popeye books enough. The creative teams are solid, rock solid. Yeah. Do it. They're three ninety nine a pop, but I have to admit they're they're probably one of the only books I do not uh, only three ninety nine books that I do not feel buyer's remorse for. They're mm-hmm. worth four bucks and more. They really are the thick ass, delicious artwork and stories. Great stuff. Thick and delicious. Yes, just right. Like, like me. Just like your women. Like just like Bubba. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. <laughs> that. Bubba. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I got a a big box in the mail this week that was one of the more ambitious things that I've ever seen in comics. And I've been been tweeting about it, so you guys probably already know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is a graphic novel that is made up of 14 different books, booklets, magazines, Dude, newspapers, st- and pamphlets. Oh, am I sta- so do we need tag team no, or, or in your travels? I was going to talk about this next week, but that's cool. Well, no, what let's talk it? about it next week because oh, I yeah, haven't we, read it. You mention it, you mention it, and then we'll both read it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, what so, are we yeah, talking it, about? We'll um, it, it, it is um, every time that I'm ready to say print is dead and go digital or, or, or stop buying stuff that comes off of a printing press, which is odd because I'm a print designer. Uh, Chris Ware comes out with something. Oh. And this week, uh, Building Stories uh, was released. Yeah. And it, it, is, it is maybe one of the most ambitious storytelling projects I've ever seen. It is yeah. crazy, dude. It's crazy. You know what it reminds me of uh, a lot? It, it, it has a McSweeney's feel to it. There's a lot of McSweeney's in here. I yeah. think there's stuff that was in McSweeney's that is in here. And it's a collection of um of a lot of stories that he has put together that follow this, you know, this main through line. Now, I haven't read it yet. I've I just kind of flipped through a lot of the stuff and and looked at it, but um just from a printing standpoint, I mean this thing is a triumph. It is it is such an amazing um collection of different printing um bindings and and it's it's oh excuse me um uh, <laughs> the the new just got me um uh, it's it's amazing from the box that it's that it that it comes in to all of the uh, all of the different pamphlets and i'm seriously newspapers and hardbound books and saw in and saddle stitch books and it's it's crazy i cannot was, wait to get into it i gotta figure that out run 50 bucks it's fifty yeah. bucks. I Amazon. Um, I got it for thirty on Amazon. Yeah, I think it's like twenty nine. Awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, whenever you order that stuff, make sure to use the um, 
Um, this is a plea. Uh, use the 11 o'clock comics portal. I bookmark oh. it. And so every, every time I order something for Amazon, whether it's comics or, you know, kitchen food, utensils, toaster ovens. Yeah, yeah. toast two knives. Um, yeah, uh, uh, camera equipment. Anytime I I order any from from Amazon KY Jelly, <laughs> it's through the eleven o'clock portal, and that is a nice little way to um, uh, what it it kind of almost pays for our web hosting. Yeah, for the year, it's what we make through Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I, that. I, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a nice little nice little thing to do. So you know, if your comic shop or DCBS doesn't have building stories, um, and you want to order it through Amazon, it's a nice little. The nice chances little are good they probably won't. So get it through Amazon under our portal. Yeah, now, I don't think. Yes. Go ahead. Hmm. No, I was just going to say it's it's a not it's a book that probably is not being carried by a lot of comic book stores because See, one, it's expensive. But Chris Ware is beloved in comic shops. He he is better comic book shops. I can tell you with certainty that my local shops do not have that and did not order it. I can, I guarantee it. Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take it from there. New York, that's a different story. Uh, Isotope, got to have it. But your your average comic book shop probably didn't get that. So jump on the Amazon. Here in Chicago, like Chicago Comics will have a challenge. Oh, yeah. Quimby's has but, the shit out of it, right? Yeah. But, but. like Variety is not going to have this. And Variety, unfortunately, is like probably most of the comic shops around yeah. the country. And they're, you know, the, first of all, the people that own those shops probably don't even know who Chris Ware is. Um, but... God damn, is he good? He is. It, I, I'm gonna. I, I I got this a couple days ago, and I was gonna pour over it and have it ready to go for the show. Didn't expect to talk about Morrison Con for an hour and a half. That, and I just kind of started looking at this, and I, I need to literally. I need to spend an afternoon really going over it and and enjoy i don't want to rush through it i want to enjoy every second of this because it's not just the storytelling it's not just the art it's not just the the lettering it's what he is his attention to detail in the entire printing process is fascinating and warms the cockles of my soul yeah yeah i mean that's what i was going to say is that uh is that you know I'm not that familiar with Chris Ware's stuff. Like I know him by reputation, but I haven't read much of his work. But the, just seeing this in, in solicited and then seeing on Amazon and what it was, I was just like, man, this is a triumph. It looks amazing. And much like Chris, I got the I got the the book this week and and just opened up and looked at the packaging. I haven't really read it yet, but I can tell you right now, I feel like he just basically walked on stage, did his best battle rap ever, and then said, "Eleven O'Clockers, best collected edition," and threw down the mic and walked. Yeah. I I gotta warn you though, Jason. If you've never been experienced to wear stuff, not a whole lot of bright lights in his world. It's very, very depressing. That's cool. Um, Yeah, Jason Jason will be fine with it. I think I think Jason will actually will. I think he will like it. It's uh, it's my it's my fearless prediction. I hope so. I'm not a big happy ending fan. (sighs) Well. I, there, there's not a happy ending in any of his things, and there's not even a chance for for those things to happen. It's just he, I, he likes he likes the depressing. I mean, it, it's, his his worlds are almost without hope. 
And you're getting all crackly. Okay. Yeah, right. he is. So, Dave. Uh, I, um, I decided to, before we recorded tonight, I, um, I haven't read it yet, so I'm saying I have faith. I, I, I'm sure that this anthology will contain something that you will enjoy. It's a horror-themed anthology. Um, creators include people I've never heard before or read before, never, never heard of them. Um, I know Will Plyden because of his, his artwork is posted on, on Twitter, and he actually uh, tweeted at Jason today about New York Comic Con. Uh, but I decided to get Fireside Tales because our own Andrew Shaw wrote a story in it. So um, Andrew Shaw is on the forum. He does the Moon Knight segment, Bark the Moon on Marvel Noise. He is on Twitter. He is Australian. Um, just things that you should not hold against him. And I am really looking forward to to, to reading his story and, and Will's art looks great matching up with it so I'm going to it's 99 cents digitally or I'm sorry a dollar four because of the conversion so um, I, I bought it tonight when I got home you get the PDF I have it in comics they'll all loaded up so I will be reading very very soon uh, but I want to congratulate Andrew for having having the story published they had a, um, a signing and, and a uh, release party at a comic shop a couple weekends ago, so he was just quite happy about that. So I just want everybody to know about it. There is also a forum where I think he titled it, uh, so I wrote a story, where you can also buy the print paper versions if, if that's your bag. Awesome. That's your I bag, did not know when, uh, when, when Will Playden tweeted me today that he was a creator. I had no idea. Yes. So now I know. Now you know. Don't talk battle. This is true. So um, I, uh, you know, have a have a, a big um, family, and uh, I'm very proud of my cousin Brian, Brian Wood. He's uh, he's 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 getting it done. He's getting it done. <laughs> my cousin, and uh, I, um, I have been eagerly awaiting the opportunity to pull out. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, what sorry. What a cliffhanger! Yeah, the massive, which uh, uh yes, which uh, was four issues are out. The first three issues are illustrated by Christian Donaldson, uh, and then that's an, it's basically a three issue arc, uh, and then we get the fourth issue, which is by I'm trying to recall his name because every time I think about the art, it looks just like Jacques from the Losers. So, um, which to me is high praise. Um, it is by one second. Let me look here because I feel bad. If, uh, Gary Brown. I don't know Gary Brown. Do you guys know Gary Brown? No, I- yeah. So I don't know his work, but, but he, like I said, it's, it's, it looks a lot like the losers, uh, by Jacques, which is terrific. But mm-hmm. the premise of this is there's been a, an event, um, that has caused massive ecological changes to the world. Um, not really like a post-apocalyptic thing. It's not like that, but it's it. Things have started to go amiss, and it's causing pretty massive damage, including things like uh, Hong Kong is now 100 feet underwater. Um, you know, like uh, p- 
just hundreds of killer whales, you know, wash up on shore because they lose their ability to echolocate. Um, you know, um, like huge sinkholes appear and, you know, engulf big chunks of, of the population. Like just all these different ecological disasters start occurring. Um, and the massive is in reference to a gigantic former oil tanker that's been retrofitted by this um, ecological group into a research vehicle. And it's, it's basically the search, the book so far has been the search for the massive because the massive disappears. Um, and it's the sister ship of the ship that we are basically a part of the crew called the Capital. And the Capital is, um, is being led by a guy who's, I'd say, the protagonist of the book so far, uh, a guy named Cal Israel. And the thing about this book that really intrigues me is that Wood has layered some really interesting, uh, unique characters. So this Cal Israel guy, to look at him, he's a tall, kind of bl- long blonde haired, you know, scruffy, you know, in shape guy. He looks, he, he could, he could easily be Captain America. You know, he could easily look, it's kind of how he looks like with longer hair. But it, the thing about him is he's, he's a British guy, but he was born in Bangladesh because he had missionary parents. He's a, he's a Muslim. So he's a blonde, white British Muslim that is an Indian citizen. Um, and he's like this really complex guy and he was for a long time of his life, special forces for part of, um, uh, he was a mercenary. Basically he worked for like a Blackwater type of thing and he was a killer. And about nine years before all this event happens, he decides to, um, to give that all up and become a pacifist. And he creates this group called the, uh, uh, the ninth, which is his, it's basically like the ninth wave. It's his, it's his pacifist ecological, uh, group that he forms and again he has these two ships so this event happens and then all of a sudden the world's kind of been torn asunder and now he is basically got this ship and this crew but it's really unclear whether or not they have a mission anymore because you know there really isn't much of a system to fight against anymore um, so for now he's looking for this other ship the massive which has disappeared and they haven't heard from it in, in a long time but it's just this fascinating universe where, like I said, I mean, Hong Kong's become this port of call and, you know, to get supplies, they they try and use money that they have saved up and, you know, the money basically is worthless at this point. So the, 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 the suppliers tell them, well, you have to go out and get us goods to trade. Um, you know, there's all kinds of piracy, as you might imagine, in this type of world. So they're always trying to hide from the pirates. And some of his crew members are much more comfortable using violence, but he's a pacifist. So they're constantly this push pull where these other his sort of right hand man and his right hand woman are telling him, listen, you know, we gotta this is a new world order here. We we can't you know, we can't be pacifists anymore. I mean it was cool when, when the world was normal, but now we gotta you know, we gotta protect ourselves and our crew. And he's like, Nah, it's not gonna happen. You know, none of my watch. I'm not we don't you know, guns in my hand only lead to bad things. So we're gonna find, you know, peaceful ways to to deal with the new world too. So it's just this you know, really intricate fascinating world that he's setting up with these characters that are just so layered. I mean, because each of them, you know, his right-hand man, who's this, who's this guy that's proposing, proposing violence is a guy that grew up in Mogadishu. You know, he's a, he's an, he's a, he's an African grew up in Mogadishu, but he also joins the same, um, like Blackwater and worked under Cal, but he's also this brilliant guy and he's, you know, a scientist. And so there's just, you know, these are not one dimensional characters where you can easily pigeonhole their motives. So it's been badass. Like I said, I mean, there, there are four issues out. Um, this is the first issue of the next arc. 
and uh, it's it's just I'm loving it. I'm loving every bit of it. So um, you know, I, for those who are Brian Wood fans, this is certainly as as good a quality as anything else I've seen him do. And he's worked with Christian Donaldson uh-huh. before in um, in Northlanders. You know, I know I know Donaldson uh, did an arc of that, so that's probably you, where they. You are it. loving it. You're immersed. I'm in it, dude. You, you, I'm do, in it. you dove in deep. Yeah, loving it, dude. Water, man. He's got a massive, dude. Massive. Keep it in the family, though. It's good that you can. Yeah. You, know. you know, it's my cousin. I mean, my aunt would have my head if I didn't if I didn't yeah. give my cousin uh, love. Your you know? Christmas yeah, card. You know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do. Uh, I, 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 before you do the sign-off, Vince, there is one thing I did forget to mention for in your travels. What would that be, Mr. Price? Oh, that would be something that premiered last weekend on Nickelodeon. They have been playing the shit out of the pilot. (laughs) It's awesome. Go ahead. Cannot recommend and stress this enough. Whether you are a fan of these characters of the franchise or not, Watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, really. Yes. Oh, it's. I had Renee. I asked to sit down and watch it, and just I said, "Listen to Splinter. Listen to him talk to the turtles." And then I'm watching it, and she sees one of the fight scenes. And then... Oh, David. What? What oh, now? Oh, what network is it? What network is it on? Nickelodeon. She is okay. laughing her ass off. She refuses to tell me which one's her favorite because every time I guess it, she's like, no. So I know which one is her favorite turtle, but she is enjoying it. Rise of the Turtles is the pilot episode. It's an hour. It's been played like every day. On it's phenomenal. Yeah. Very, she's the nice. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's clever. It's funny. It's a bit um, bittersweet, though, that, that it took Eastman and Laird to, to dumping the property to get it popular again on, on, on TV. Yeah, it's... New it's adven- it, there was a new regular show episode this week, too. I know, yes. and and a new uh, 100th episode of Adventure Time. I was I like, know. really? They yeah. made 100 of them? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could not believe it, but uh, Jason, uh, in, in the uh, Turtles, you know how in Fringe they'll do the uh, the 3D location names? Like, I would like, if I watched the Fringe, but oh, okay. It, oh, well, I, I, I haven't watched the. No, 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 no. I, they, 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 they superimpose three D text. Yeah. Like, like it'll say New York, and there's this huge floating three D New York text integrated into the reality of Fringe, right? Well, in the Turtles show, they do the opposite. They do whenever a character expresses some kind of extreme emotion, they they do this overlay with two D like. Plurds flipping out of the out of the characters' heads like doink, and you'll see these flat two D shapes that just pop out of their heads, or like an exclamation point. It's really cool how they do that. Like robot chicken eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I I love the fight scenes. I, oh, they're real. Oh, and Mikey is hysterical. Why did he turn into a snake? You don't understand science, dude. It's it is <laughs> funny as hell. I I go. I haven't deleted the pilot off the TVO yet because I'm going to watch it again. It's it's yeah. a great first episode. Splinter kind of kind of threw me initially because <laughs> sounds like a black man. What? No, he do, he doesn't look so much like the splinters of old. If you've seen Power Rangers SPD, he looks uh-huh. like the dog that 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 leads the SPD uh, force. You know what I mean? But it's, it's so what? It, he's a, he's a big rat, right? No, it's it's the character designs are really good. Yeah, I like them a lot. Yeah, it's fun and it's free. It Watch is. it; it's on TV. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it says my new travels. 
Chris I'm, Campbell's giddy right now. No, I'm I'm glad the turtles are back. Like oh, I said, and, though. And, yeah, and 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 uh, Joey malpractice. He is hesitant. He's apprehensive. He does not. He's not sure if he wants to watch this. So I, I no, you I, know why? Well, Joey knows all like, those dude. guys, right? So I can understand his 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 affinity for the franchise for the characters. He 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 doesn't want to have it marred in any way. I get that. And, and we always say, you know, your comics didn't go away. The movies are still, you know, whatever you like about the Turtles, that hasn't gone away. But I really think that this is... Can, can this we be is, honest here for a second? Uh-huh. A- aside from the comics, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the Turtles in, in media are not high art. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> let, let's let's no. let call yeah, call a spade a spade. <laughs> but the, the movies are kind of shitty. Kind of shitty. <laughs> but... No, this this is by far the best moving representation uh, or, or or media aside from the comics that I've seen the turtles in. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But nothing touches the comics, man. Come on, they're still there. You got it. But yeah, Joey Joey knows uh, he he was intimate. Not intimate. That sounds dirty. He he was friends with with and and knew a lot of the people involved in the the original yeah. turtle stuff. So. Yeah, he's not Bubba. He don't get that interim intimate. So there you go. <laughs> Have you, do, you, do you see how much this this second issue marked me? Nasty, nasty, nasty stuff. Black kiss. Well, anyway, um, we could still go on. If anybody else wants to talk about anything, uh, we don't have to go. Do we? No. I mean, uh, I'm just gonna talk more about Morrison. Oh boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> anything, uh huh. Anything. People loving that I was talking about the Doom Patrol, the uh, Silver Age Doom Patrol. True that. Oh my God! And, Can and, you I, talk the, about anything show. other than yourself? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just saying. At the, at the show, I couldn't believe how many people walked up to me and were just like, "Golden or Silver Age Doom Patrol." <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can tell that Gabriel stopped listening because otherwise he would have talked to you about the Bruno Permiani talks. So. Oh no! Oh, like, well, see, didn't didn't Tom put the bug in your ass for the Doom Patrol? Because I, I know Tom's a huge fan of Silver Age Doom Patrol, right? Or my, yeah, uh, yeah. We talked about it. He he loves it. Yeah, well, it's good stuff, right? It is, I'm, and I'm, it, I'm, it it was quite appropriate that you would read something like that going into Morrison Con, because right there you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, there was that's another thing about that guy that freaks me out. Man, he loves comics so much. Well, it's it's crazy. That I mean, freaks you out. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that? No. I, well, it, I, some guys I mean, it's just no. a job. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know that's not the case for Morrison. I mean, Jesus, the guy's freaking. Uh, he loves comics. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I bet you he's one of the only comic book creators like um, this convention, which was called Morrison Con, themed around Grant Morrison. I think Grant could float an entire line of comics on his own. Um, I, not yep. not Marvel, not DC. At this point in time, he's got the clout like to him. to do his own publishing yeah. line. Kind of, kind of like what uh, what Moore did with America's I, and Best. And I think he should take Burnham, take Quietly, take uh, all these guys away from DC and Marvel, and start your own imprint. And you do it, get it out, of, and you'll own everything. I, I, I think I think Image wants to get their. Well, yeah, know, okay, do it an image, yeah, because you own everything. Well, I mean, when you, when that, you I mean happy, happy. It's the first, the first book that he's done an image. Right, right. It is pretty. Well, I, I looked. And, I didn't get a chance to read and, it, but 
It was kind of funny because Eric Stevenson and Dan DiDio were both at the show this weekend. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so just, I just, that hang, was, just, just to hang out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just hanging out. I was actually sitting on a couch with DiDio. Just got to shoot in the shit. And yeah, he's such a nice guy. Um, so that was that was kind of funny. But uh, did he let you in on any of the backdoor dealings with uh, OMAC? Did he talk yes. about OMAC at all? Oh, really? Oh, but he told me about all of the backdoor dealings. No. Uh, I would love to. <laughs> well, that's a, it's one of one of my regrets for the new 52. I, I, it sucks that OMAC didn't survive. It was a hell of a lot better than some of the books that did. I'll give you give him that. Some of some of. But well, we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna finish up our Wonder Woman talk next week, right? Yes. Yeah, we okay. should, for sure. How far did you get? Now that we're, all up, we're all up to 12. Now we're up to 12. Oh, damn. Yeah. You got to get on it, dude. Miss a we'll little. On you. Wait, wait for you. And then, David, we're going um, to we're gonna tag team some Rachel Rising? Yes. With, cool. was that, did he just scoff and say no? What? No, he snapped a pretzel. Pretzel rock. Oh, really? Okay. What the? <laughs> no, am I not allowed to talk about Rachel Rising? <laughs> I didn't know. Are you are you caught up? Okay. That, that, that's okay, like well, I, guess, I read it as it comes out. Cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, I, well, that's good. When well, you guys guess. are done with that, I, I was going to talk about uh, Fatima this week. Anybody reading Fatima by Gilbert uh, Hernan Hernandez? Oh, it's friggin' awesome. Come on. Yes, you cannot front on Gilbert Hernandez. Dude, you know how I feel about this. Uh, that, no, and please. Speaking of, of of Hernandez brothers, I knew I was gonna love J. H. Williams whenever he uh, he strolled up with his wife on Friday, and he was wearing a T shirt that was that had the cover of Love and Rockets twenty three on it. You know, <laughs> the, the, the the greatest the greatest comic book cover. Did you see time. somebody recolored that? I think somebody even at Fanographics they re recolored it, repurposed it for some other means. Like a and and you instantly know that that thing has been tampered with because the original is so damn perfect. I think they added like yeah. a purple purple to it or something. It's just like wrong. Don't touch that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was weird because he was it was printed on a brown shirt that he was wearing, and so it's like it it was kind of a double take. It's like oh. Yeah, I, that's my favorite comic book cover. So, wow. so we actually had that was okay. More geeking out, talking printing with J. H. Williams because, and I, and I brought this question up to them on the panel. It's like, do you ever get disappointed? You know, and I was really directed towards J. H. Williams because his art is so beautiful and so detailed. And if you look at the the original double page spreads that he does, I mean, you see so much in that work that doesn't come across in the really? printing oh my god in this day and age are you serious oh man yeah the wow. printing i mean the marvel and marvel and dc printing most mainstream comic printing is so bad and the paper is such shit well and, i'll give you, you that know, the was, paper is shit but i thought they at least printed on decent machinery well the, they do but the paper's so bad it's just it, yeah. you just lose stuff. It just it gets muddled and like and so I, it was me. I had a very interesting conversation with him about you know coloring and and how his process for 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 working on stuff and getting it to press. But yeah, long story short, I, all of those guys would love to see their work printed on on better stock. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hire Tashin to print them. Do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nature of the beast. Vince, we never talked about Josh Simmons either. Oh, we could do it next week. We got lots of time. 
the we're into the great wide open now. Possibilities are endless. It's true. Right. So thank you for being here with us, everybody. We'll be back again next week, same time. Look us up. We'll be here waiting for you. Because what? What do we do? What? We love you. What? 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 Okay. Wheat thins. Wheat thins. We, we love you so uh, much. We'll, there we go. Uh, now might, You might as well do it. Bookend it. Damn. That's right. <laughs> you could take the boy out of Jersey. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't me. Uh, oh, who was it? It was not me. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't me. No, it was Jason that what burped. It was Jason right, what burped. What burped? <laughs> I have no idea what you speak of. Okay. <laughs> Bye, people. Later. Love you. Peace. So later. Call David, cause he's lonely. <laughs> not really. Are we recording? We are. Let's do this. And got the shit. Three. David. I'm sorry. I was, I was about to sneeze. I was trying to prevent that. <laughs> Look at the bright light. Really? Yeah. Supposed right. to work. I don't know. I don't sneeze much. Three, two, and one. 11 o'clock comics, episode 233. Uh, uh, oh, got to do it again. No, 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 no. got to do it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's rank. We gotta do it again. Save that there in the drink roll. Don't open the show with that. Yeah, we'll put it on the end. Shoot <laughs> everybody. Oh, brother, you're better than that. that. That's you don't gotta work blue. You're too smart. <laughs> Three, two, and now you gotta settle down. Come on. Settle Three. down. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. What if half the things ever said turned out to be a lie? How will you know the truth? If you were given a whole thing and time you stop to wonder why But how will you know the truth? Everybody's got a right to love Everybody's got a right to lie The choice you make, it ain't no piece of cake Ain't no motherfucking piece of pie. What if time's only reason was to give us all something to feel? And if so, y'all, the end of the journey's so clear. right down to it, wait a minute, it gets right down to the nitty of the gritty, when it gets right down to it, you take more than you gave.
Everybody's got a right to love. Everybody's got a right to lie. But the choice you make it ain't no piece of cake. It ain't no motherfucking Tell the truth We'd all trade bank accounts And move to Neptune 